does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. All right, we need to get into it. Welcome in. It's a Monday here, hanging out with you in the DriveHubler.com studios on the fan. It's the wake-up call with KB and Andy. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Sammy Fritz hanging out with us, and we got you for the next three hours. 239-1070. You know, we'll dive into some phone calls today. A yuck performance for the most part with the Indianapolis Colts. At least KB's got his Notre Dame game, uh, Notre Dame gear on. Is that a new pullover? What do you got there? By the way, I sound super loud, Sam, so I have no idea if they just fixed the headset body or I have no idea what's going on. But a disastrous performance for the most part for the Colts, and we'll talk about it for the next three hours. What's going on, fellas? How yeah, are we doing? about as ugly Ugh. as the weather Ugh. on this Monday morning. We ever going to see the sun again, by the way? That Is that ever going to happen? Be the effort from Gardner Minshew. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be getting an abundance of phone calls about, oh, Gardner Minshew in the short term. He helps you out more than Anthony Richardson. I honestly think a left-handed throw in Anthony Richardson would have helped you out uh, better yesterday. So certainly an ugly performance by the Colts, and we will touch on that a whole lot on this Monday morning. Again, a little dreary, uh, certainly some overnight rain and a bit chilly here to start the work week. Again, I'm Kevin Bowen. He is Andy Sweeney. And as Andy said, it'll be Sam Fritz in for Mark Dykton all this week. Uh, even by backup standards, Andy, uh, that was pretty pitiful um, from Gardner Minshew yesterday. And, and honestly, and I don't know, maybe I'm giving Gardner too much benefit of the doubt. It looked like he had that one circled on the calendar. It, it, it looked like the trip back to Jacksonville, wanting to prove that team wrong, however you want to label it. I know that wasn't a storyline that we touched on a whole lot last week, but I do think it was in there for Gardner Minshew. And I I bring that up because it's such an out-of-character performance for him. Like, he doesn't turn the ball over to that level. He has not done that in his NFL career. So in trying to make sense of it, I'm like, is this one that he – couldn't sleep Saturday night thinking about playing his former team? Like, why? Why did that happen for Minshew? Because, again, that's not really been his M.O., uh, but he was awful. Uh, you cannot turn the ball over anywhere like that. Didn't think Shane Steichen put them into the best situation either early on in that game to try and find success in that first half. And then it snowballed, and it looked like pretty much every game in Jacksonville for the last decade for this team. Yeah, you know, it's really disappointing. There are a number of things here. Uh, you know, we, we had the conversation, and I guess – this was honestly, KB, one of my biggest worries is Minshew would become the starting quarterback. And, I, you know, I, it's, a, it's such an easy thing to say that teams then would be able to focus on him as of, you know, we didn't have the, the, the I don't know, the film of Gardner Minshew the other years. I'm kind of playing against myself here. But the Gardner Minshew would go in and would not be good when he's not the backup quarterback, when he's the starting quarterback quarterback and now it's not small doses here and there of Gardner Minshew now it's a lot of Gardner Minshew 
and we had the conversation where I brought up, you know, I worry now, is he going to take care of the football? You had the conversation of, is he, for you know, move that aside, is he going to be able to finish drives? Right. He didn't do either one of those no. on Sunday. And what worries me the most about it is, and you're if you're a Colts fan, you sure as hell hope this is just one game. It's going to Jacksonville. The game was in his head. The Colts don't play well there. I mean, there's all the excuses in the world, but besides the fumble, those three interceptions, he had a clean pocket. He stepped up. Yeah, they weren't close. This was not one of those where the offensive line was giving in every single time he dropped back. The DB makes a one-handed catch. Third and 15, whatever. Pittman drops a pass. It goes up in the air, and the Jacksonville guy's in the right spot, and he runs it down the sideline. That's not what happened. Obviously, the fumble was contained to, to itself, but you know, we'll play some of this sound later. They had a chance, KB, you know, even at the end of the game to kind of make that thing interesting. Even even when they were being blown out, they kind of came back. It's like, okay, this could maybe be interesting. And then ultimately it was not. It was, uh, you know, I don't want to put too much on the back burner. The defense, especially in the first half, was an absolute sieve at the point of attack at the line of scrimmage, just not getting really any push. I mean, ETN being able to do whatever he wanted to do. I know they were put in a bad spot as well. So, what a disappointing performance. If you're a Colts fan, you hope it's just all contained like a virus, okay? That it's all contained to one room, that it's contained to one game, that that was in Minshew's mind. Because if not, it's going to be a long season. And then on top of it, the other thing happened on Sunday that killed me, KB. It happened on Sunday. Do you know what it is? 6 a.m. What happened 6 a.m. Sunday? I thought you were going to go Giants on No, us. well, who cares about that? The, 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 Ian, the Ian Rappaport report at 6 a.m. so they can talk about it all morning that Anthony Richardson, I mean, that the surgery is, you know, season-ending surgery is absolutely on the table. So a rough, It's hey, listen, the Colts have had some good Sundays here. They have given hope early on in the first month and change of the season. But Sunday with the AR news and then with the terrible play of Gardner Minshew and the defense and the big loss there in Jacksonville. Uh, easily the most disappointing Sunday of this NFL season. Yeah, and selfishly, I kind of wanted to like raise my hand and be like, did anyone read our website on Friday afternoon when I wrote a story of saying they are mulling surgery over? Like, Shane Steichen said those words on Friday a- afternoon, so yeah, I know not a lot of people pay attention to uh, the website over the weekend, but you know, the, to me, that was like, okay, this is a storyline. In Rappaport is just, you know, maybe taking it to a, more of a national. He did level the six. He did the six a.m. thing with, with that. Yeah. yeah. Here we are, Sunday news uh, leading into our countdown shows on the respective networks. I, I'd say the other disappointing element, Andy, from yesterday is just you didn't match. I thought the magnitude of what Sunday should have been for the Colts. And again, you can layer it out, I think, in a multitude of ways. You lost to them in the opener. So just theoretically, you should have a little bit higher level of intensity for the rematch. You haven't won there in nearly a decade. So that should rise if you want to break it down. And we talked about it leading into the game all last week. This one is massive. I mean, this one for a week six, mid-October game, it's about as big as you're going to get it. Whereas Jacksonville... They're coming off the London hangover. They had been over there for 10 days. They were the first team in NFL history to have played back-to-back games overseas and then you know, asking to play that following week. They had just gotten the big win over Buffalo. How would they respond to it? And I thought, similar to the Rams game, 
the question was kind of like, all right, you've been pat on the back a little bit all week long. Are you a feel-good story or are you not? And I think that was disappointing to see of a team get off to such a poor start. You certainly have the two-play sequence that really just set the tone for the game, and that was Josh Allen beating Bernard Ryman, a very rare play for Ryman. Uh, obviously, Gardner Minshew gets stripped, and then sudden change defense uh, nowhere to be found as Travis Etienne goes 22 yards in that Wildcat play. And, and again, that set the tone right there, 14-3. Uh, but I do want to go back to something that I mentioned a little bit earlier. I didn't feel like you gave your team maybe the best chance early on in that first half. And by that, Andy, if we were going to label an offensive strength for the Colts, I would venture to guess a Zach Moss-Jonathan Taylor duo would be near the top of that list. You mean them touching the ball 15 times and not Gardner Minshew throwing the ball 55 times? At <laughs> halftime, you had Gardner Minshew with 25 pass attempts. I think 11 of the first 16 plays were pass attempts, if I'm not mistaken. 25 pass attempts in the first half, and Moss and Taylor combined to touch at eight. So triple the amount of Minshew right arm versus legs of Taylor and Moss. And I bring that up because, again, Jacksonville was this team that I think they even admitted to themselves like, yeah, we really didn't know how we would react to coming out, you know, coming back from the two London games and things like that. I thought to myself, a committed rushing attack early on. I know Jacksonville's got a decent run defense, but a committed rushing attack early on with your strength, i.e. a Moss-Taylor duo, what does that lead to in the second half? What, what what does that make Jacksonville's defense look like in the third and the fourth quarter, where it is a little bit of warmer temperatures on a Sunday afternoon down there in Florida? And I didn't even feel like you really attempted that. Obviously, you had some nice success on that opening drive throwing it, but I would have liked to have seen more of a commitment and less of a, it's on our backup quarterback's right arm. And so for me, I, I, I didn't like the approach from Shane Steichen leading into that one, playing away from your offensive strength and not, you almost gave Jacksonville an out by not testing them with a, hey, we're going to have a committed rushing attack. You know, this is kind of our MO. We now have these two backs that have had a full week of practice together, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought straying away from that, putting too much on Minshew's shoulders, was not the recipe for success. And obviously, you saw how Minshew played. I mean, that was just a disastrous, even by backup quarterback standards, Andy. That was disastrous by Gardner Minshew. So as we sit here today, and listen, a short segment here. We'll get a check down. 7.30 will continue. We'll take some calls as we go here. Is do you, Are you worried this is more than just the Jacksonville game? Because I think, you know, if you're a Colts fan today, KB, and, and listen, I, I called it a virus. You have to hope this is just contained to, you know, the, the very first drive. You go down there, you throw the ball out, you don't get a touchdown, you get a field goal. That the fumble isn't going to happen. That Ryman's not going to be beat. He's been very good this season. That, I mean, listen, they never made Trevor Lawrence or the wide receivers beat them. No, and I thought I, I mean, they good, never made any of those guys beat them. I thought that was a good point that you brought up about defensively, I expected more out of your front seven. Just playmaking-wise. Point Jackson, of attack. Jacksonville's down two guards, both their guards, and, and I thought you did not do enough with that group. Because, again, expectations for that bunch, Andy, should be higher than a lot of other position groups on this team. But, uh, you know, where I don't know if you exit yesterday and think like, oh, my gosh, this is disastrous. They're going to lose 10 of 11. Right. 
again, look at the schedule. I mean, like that. That I mean, was yeah, yesterday co- the toughest game Ooh. that you play all year? Ooh, Cleveland. That defense. I mean, Cleveland's that defense is great, is but disgusting. I mean, again, you know, PJ Walker is going to score how many <laughs> PJ here? PJ Walker. Have you seen the last five games they've allowed one thousand and two yards defensively? Have the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, it's one of the best marks in I, NFL history. I mean, it really for the is. First month. It's funny how many teams have such good defenses and such bad offenses. You yeah. know, and you think of Cleveland, and you think of uh, the New York Jets. Like literally, their defenses. The only reason they're going to win whatever games they win uh, is going to become because of that. I just, yeah, I, I think now for me, the Cleveland game. And listen, the Saints lost again, and Carr stinks. I, I'm, you know, whatever. Uh, and they but it's should, like every game's a coin flip. Now, yeah, Andy. Oh, every game's a coin flip. But I just, I wonder. They just never got into a groove. And 55 small little passes, that's not the groove they need to get into. So I am interested in, you know, it was to me it's an all-systems failure. And it's even more frustrating that you kind of tried to make it close. And then the rug got pulled out from under you again. But, yeah, I mean, all the way from the first possession to not getting the ball in Zach Moss or Jonathan Taylor's hands to, I mean, each one of the interceptions. And we'll dive into this 14-3. to You get that big play to JT, and then, boom, there's an interception. 21-6, to early third quarter. Your defense comes out. They get a stop, right? They get a stop to begin the second half. Boom, another pick. 31-13. I tell you, the one that killed me was that one in the fourth quarter to Pittman. I mean, you have man-to-man coverage. Yeah, and that was a fourth down, though. Yeah, that, but, that, but Minshew, come on. I mean, he's, I thought the first two were a lot worse. Uh, listen, they they were bigger for the game, but it's 31-13, and you're throwing a jump ball. At least throw a damn jump ball. I mean, like to me, it epitomized how bad Minshew was that he's throwing this gunslinger, and I know he does it off his back foot. He's not pressured again. You have man coverage. You have Michael Pittman, who is who, who you know he can listen. I paid Michael Pittman to go win that battle. Throw it up so it's not underthrown by four yards. I mean, give him throw it, throw it where Pittman has to go to the back of the end zone, not the very front of the end zone. It was a weak tentative pick at the end. And did it matter? Did it change the you know the loss? Would that have changed it to a win? No, probably not. But to me, it's 31-13. It's fourth quarter. You had a nice drive. You got Pittman. I know it's a fourth down. And you don't even give him a chance. You don't even give him yeah. a jump yeah, ball. It certainly was not Come a good on. throw at all. I, I the, the, the first two picks really bothered me because you know, when you think about time and score, you think about where you were on the field, uh, neither of those picks came on a third down. Like, they weren't even desperation mode. And I didn't think either of them were even close. No. To a clean pocket for the most part, too. Your intended target. Um, and, and, you know, I was certainly wrong about the Minshew that we would see because his the back of his baseball card says, methodical and protects the football. Not volatile. Remember, you know, mm. we talked last Monday. Yep. What is the great thing about Minshew? You don't get volatility from him. You got that yesterday. And I am curious. And again, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving Minshew too much of an out with this, Andy. But I think that game was a lot more of I have this circled on my calendar than could I'm be. letting on. It could be. And it yeah. was such just kind of an out of you know, norm experience for him. Um, so ugly, ugly, ugly from Gardner Minshew. Plenty to unpack from yesterday. Again, the Colts lose. 37-20. They have not won in Jacksonville since the 2014 season. Another wild day around the NFL with both undefeated teams losing to backup quarterbacks. I guess in P.J. Walker's case, <laughs> you consider him a third-string quarterback there. And for those that stayed up for Sunday night football, oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry if you did. Andy, I mean, the that Bills, was incredible. The, the Bills aren't good. Like no. the, Giant, the Giants stink, but the Bills are not an upper-level team. They are a second-tier AFC team, right? 
I mean, come on. To be pushed around by the Giants like that? Ugh. That was quite was uh, the scene last night from Tyrod Taylor and the Giants and trying to execute late first half and then again I mean, how on bad the goal was line that? How bad was that, KB? I mean, Did, you have a guy, you have a coach who's been around, who's well-respected, and the entire Taylor's been in the NFL for a decade. Yeah, they, and a big, for a decade. a big offensive mind, too. You know, it's not like you have this defensive-minded no. head coach that doesn't know what's going on there on that goal line situation. So, again, we will get to all of that. We'll take your calls here coming up in a bit. 317-239-1070, at KBO and 1070 on Twitter. At the only Sweeney. Again, a little bit of an overcast start to this Monday here. Some overnight rain as well. Good Monday morning to you. Thank you for tuning in to the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy right here on 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, morning check down on this Reaction Monday. Again, we'll keep it going. Colts losers, 37-20 in Jacksonville. It's going to be a cloudy day again. We haven't seen the sun since last week, so we'll keep it going here at the DriveBubler.com studios uh, on this morning check down. Uh, KB, 37-20, that was your final. We talked so much about it, just a bad performance all the way around, including uh, Gardner Minshew, not good on him at all. Other scores in the AFC South, Ravens over the Titans, 24-16. That one in London, enough of the London games. I'm good. Let's take a week off. Uh, enough of them. So uh, the Texans, hey, you the Texans. You like a little 9.30 a.m. football? Uh, I'm fine, but then the story came out today how they're going to give a Super Bowl to London. Of course they are. Now, <laughs> Not, not the not the not the pax tayers for the American cities that you know buy these stadiums you know that that pay the stadiums and pay for everything. Let's give it to London. They can't even give us a real soccer game over here. Yeah, you ever seen a Manchester United? You ever seen them play a real game over here? It's the scrubs. It's the backups. It's the fourteen year olds they have on the team. Anyway, uh, t- Texans twenty thirteen. Go ahead. That's the AFC South. Texans look not bad. I was gonna say the pretty Texans good team, man. Kind of good. I, I don't kind know. of good. Yes, three and three as they enter their bye week. Um, college football from this past weekend. Yes, big one for my Irish. There much, you go. Much needed. It's a blowout, they man. made Caleb Williams. Yes, they I did. Mean, hell, they made him look like Gardner Minshew. Uh, sacked him six times. Three interceptions that Heisman Trophy is going to be going to somebody else here this season so a much much needed win for Marcus Freeman and the Irish in that one Indiana Purdue absolutely <laughs> shellacked both of them uh Purdue was awful at Ross aid uh what you're looking at the box score didn't score to the fourth quarter yeah they didn't score to the fourth quarter and Jack Tuttle came in and threw a touchdown it was five of five against Indiana like what? Like, I know Jake was joking with the whole Indiana's going to go there, but Indiana couldn't even lose with Grace. They'd have Jack Tuttle come in and throw a touchdown on Remember them. Remember, we, we talked about this on Friday, you know, <laughs> taking the 30-point underdogs in games like that, I know. and you start doing the math. I know. Imagine if you had, and I did not, imagine if you had Indiana plus 33 and a half, and you're sitting there at the end of the first quarter, and you're up seven nothing. Yeah, you're feeling good. Yeah, you're like, oh my gosh, what? Where should we go out to eat tonight? This is beautiful. And yet, Michigan still covers by double <laughs> digits in that game. Fifty-two to seven was the final from. Well, well, I was the one that said, yeah, I'd probably take Indiana plus the 33 and not Notre Dame minus the two and a half. So that's what I did over the weekend. By the way, I think the Sweeney picks were two and four. Not good. Not ideal. Not not good. Well, I, had the, I had the Bills. I had the Eagles. This was a week in the NFL where all the bad teams jumped up and got good teams. 
That's basically what happened yeah, in the both, NFL again, this weekend. Yeah, both undefeateds uh, losing, so no more undefeateds left. Uh, Major League Baseball ALCS got underway last night. It was the Rangers over the Astros, 2-0 uh, um, for that. So the Rangers continue to be um, very, very good here in the postseason. Jordan Montgomery pitched well, 6-1-3, and allowing five hits and no runs. We'll get the NLCS underway tonight. That is Diamondbacks and Phillies, and then Game 2 of the ALCS will come Later today, and the Pacers back in action uh, at home tonight. Their home preseason game. Our coverage will begin at six thirty. We're taking on Mike Bray and the Hawks. Nice. Mike Bray on the bench with Quinn Snyder this year for the Hawks. <laughs> I believe Rick Carlisle going to join us tomorrow as the Pacers are in their final week here of the. Is pre-season. Mike Bray an offensive coordinator? That that's what he's there for. He's not a defensive coordinator. Is he the OC kinda, in Atlanta? Kind of thought he'd be the coordinator to just you know party and enjoy retirement. <laughs> By the way, the Rangers two nothing over the Astros in the filth of a game where the Bills couldn't score on the Giants. Not you know for sports we had sports, but not two great viewing experiences. Oh, that was entertaining for, as for hell. The, Sunday night football for the United States last night between the two nothing baseball game and whatever the hell was going on in Buffalo. It was so funny. Uh, <laughs> I turned off the TV at halftime last night. Maddie's like, wait, you aren't going to watch the rest of the game? Like, I go, it doesn't I'm matter. so disgusted by the end of that first half, by what the Giants just you did. You should be. For those that missed it, the Giants run a run play from the one-yard line with what? 12 seconds? I'm trying to think yeah, of how, about how many 12 seconds, seconds to go. Was on the clock with no timeouts. They obviously do the scramble. Try to get to the line of scrimmage. Try to hike it in time. No, they don't get it off. So zero points there. And then at the end of regulation, you almost had the same sort of thing happen there. Uh, but they were able to get a pass interference penalty, get down to the one-yard line. And you thought it was holding on Darren Waller there? I mean, end, it, prob- the it probably game. was. But give the good team a win and just let the bad team go for Drake May or Caleb Williams or whatever. The worst part, and we'll move on. We need to take a break and get to calls and get to analysis of obviously the Colts and what they did or did not do on Sunday. But, I mean, Brian Dable... Uh, I mean, just in the first half, letting like 30 seconds go off the clock. You have two timeouts. Yeah, he's the just, clock management he's was just, poor. He's just standing there while the clock's burning. Now, oh, now, I'll, now I'll call one. Just, I mean, I don't know what happened to that staff, what happened to that team. They are bad, and I'm telling you, I'm watching Caleb Williams. I might want Drake May after this weekend. Caleb Williams was bad on Saturday. Notre Dame made him bad. I've always felt Ugh. this way about Caleb Williams. It, he Every play he tries to make a video game. He tries to make every play a Mahomes play. And more often than not, he's yeah. right, but... Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame certainly, you know. That was a big win. Humanized uh, Caleb Williams big time there. Michael Penix, by the way, shout out to him. Yeah, college game day was great in Seattle and Washington. The big one over Oregon is that Pac-12 continues to be pretty entertaining this season. All right, on the other side, as Andy said, back into the Colts reaction from yesterday. We'll take your calls, 317-239-1070, at KBO and 1070 on Twitter, at the only Sweeney. Plenty, plenty to get into from that performance. We'll do that next here on The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Sam Fritz filling in for Mark Dyke. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
I mean, what happened with Sam over the weekend? Did you go through a breakup or something? Love hurts. I What's going this, on? This is just the song that you play when you're healing your wounds. <laughs> and all of us Colts fans have some wounds right now. There you go. Oh, I appreciate it. All right, 1070. Like it, it's not Mushroom Head, which uh, Mark Dykton. By the way, speaking of our guy, Marky D, what's he in right now? He's in uh, He's at Disney yeah, with I, three kids and the in-laws. I was going to say, if you believe in <laughs> prayer, add, add Mark Dykton to your prayer isn't list. He, isn't he doing Disney this month? I think it's with the family this month, and then it's like December with the in-laws. I think Mark's going twice in three months to Disney. How about that? What's the definition definition of hell? Of insanity. That's exactly what it is. You know, just quickly, and we'll take some calls. 317-239-1070, reacting with you uh, here on the wake-up call. We were just talking during the break, you know, and and just – it just – Everything was frustrating about yesterday, and even when it looked like okay, the Colts are going to make this not frustrating, they kind of you know you know yeah you either had an interception or you had yet again and again. Do I think the Colts win this game if this goes differently? No, I'm not saying it, but it's just when you're a team with small margin for error, you have to be better all over the place. Like even after the game, DeForest Buckner talked about hey on that third down and what was it the first quarter? Uh, he jumps off sides, he gives you know another set of down to Jacksonville when you're a team with a small margin for error and listen that's how a lot of these games are most of these games are in the NFL you just can't do these things but again it's 34-20 with seven minutes and change to go and Matt Gay kicks off you just scored a touchdown what was that the Zach Moss run you just I mean who knows are you going to be able to make in a game it's like almost it's like kind of close and Agnew returns at 55 yards which is kind of a copy he did it on the punt side I believe in Lucas Oil does it on the kickoff side. It just goes to, you know, that was a bad special teams play, especially the defense in the first half in Minshew throughout. Just not good enough. And again, you hope it's contained to just this is what happens when the Colts go to Jacksonville. Yeah, and this is what happens when Gardner Minshew circles a game on his calendar. Because I, I he was just awful. He, he was absolutely awful yesterday. Um, and, and again, uncharacteristic. You know, backup quarterbacks throwing interceptions. What do I always say, Andy? Find the backup quarterbacks and pick up that fantasy defense that's playing the backup quarterback that week. Um, it was funny. One of my buddies that I was playing in, in a league was like, wait, do you pick up the Jags defense? You, you think Minshew's going to struggle like that? I'm like, I, I don't know, but <laughs> I, I'd rather bet on that than bet on something else. So did he pick him up? And Well, I, I, I was the one that picked oh, up Jacksonville's you, you defense. You picked him up. Okay, so you played Jacksonville's defense yesterday. And I was like, Good for you. you just never know with these backup quarterbacks. Again, Minshew's M.O. has kind of been, I don't do that. It's to not be what he was on Sunday. Right. It's to be the opposite of that. You know, P.J. Walker threw how many interceptions yesterday in that Cleveland game? Like, that, that is something that you're kind of used to seeing from these backup QBs. Um and this is where, in many ways, you're missing Anthony Richardson. Andy, let's say that that was Richardson playing quarterback yesterday. And to be fair to Richardson, he has not had anywhere near a turnover-filled day like Minshew had yesterday. But what Richardson would give you is even if you're like, oh boy, that right arm is not functional at all today, at least he can make some plays with his mm-hmm. legs. Right. You know, if yeah. you're going to say, yeah, cut off the right arm of Gardner Minshew, cut off the right arm of Anthony Richardson, who would you rather have a quarterback? The answer is pretty obvious. And so that, I think, is the missing short-term element. I know there was this debate, which to me was just ludicrous, of like, no, Minshew gives you the best chance to win right now. No, he takes so much juice out of your offense. You lack any sort of dual-threat nature. There were plays early on in that game, actually on the opening drive, Andy, 
where the Colts had a third and two, I believe it was, and they gave it to Moss right at the gut, and Jacksonville absolutely stuffed it. And it was one of those plays where Jacksonville just collapses right on the middle of the line of scrimmage, knowing that Gardner Minshew can't hold on to it. Like, he's not a guy that's going to keep it. There's no threat of him potentially doing it on his own there. And those little plays like that, that's where you are missing Anthony Richardson even more. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was just a pitiful pitiful performance from Minshew. You know how I know that we're starting to be in the on the same wavelength? Uh, there were multiple third down and shorts. You're down 14-3, to three, and it's a third and two, and they couldn't get one there either. The exact same thing. So we're thinking about things the same way. You know one thing that, that killed me? Uh, narrative that I saw yesterday on now this one this is on Twitter okay so understand what I'm saying this is just a reaction to the game that's going on KB I saw a lot of yesterday well these are the limitations of Gardner Minshew Gardner Minshew has limitations and we would agree on those uh, third down and twos when you know the when you know he's not going to run and you go shotgun and you try to do something you know try to you know you stick the you know the ball in the belly of Zach Moss or Jonathan Taylor when you don't have the threat there of hey the quarterback can pull it and go get the first down himself that is a different dynamic we all would agree with that but yesterday was not about the limitations of Gardner Minshew it wasn't I mean, he created the turnovers and took them out of the game almost by himself. It wasn't like he was, it wasn't like the defense was so bad that they got down 28 to nothing and it had nothing to do with the offense, that the defense and the special teams let him down, that you, you find yourself down three, four scores and the offense has to scramble. That's not the case. Gardner Minshew you know, was asked to play within himself. And what that means is not turning the ball over. And he turned the ball over. Like, to me, that's not a limitation yeah. thing. That's him playing poorly. I want to go to Does Steichen. that make sense? Yeah, 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 I hear where you're going with that, Andy. But to me, that more of that is on Shane Steichen. Like, I, maybe I'm being overly critical of the head coach and the game plan and the play caller, et cetera, et cetera. But you can't get to halftime and have Gardner Minshew chucking it three times the amount of Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor carries. And what I wanted to see on Sunday was how would Jacksonville hang in there for 60 minutes of game pressure and you trying to out-physical them? They were a little banged up in both trenches. How would they handle a committed rushing attack with two fresh runners in Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor? And the split was about 50-50 mm -hmm. at the end of the game for Moss and for Taylor. And how would they react to coming back from London after 10 days over there? Because I do think that was a big question that Jacksonville had for themselves. And now they're going to face it big time here with this short week coming up as they play on Thursday night football. And I felt without like, Trevor Lawrence, probably, by the way, too. Yeah, we'll see what the yeah. what, what the update is on Lawrence today. Uh, you know, him and Doug Peterson pretty much didn't say anything after the game. But I felt like you gave them an out by not testing that. You elected to say, no, no, no. We're going to go on the right arm of Gardner Minshew where I'm like, that makes little sense to me in that the strength of your football team is the duo of Moss and Taylor. In Jacksonville, they totally said, hey, the Colts passing offense stinks. We're going to play base personnel uh, for a large chunk of the game compared to most weeks. And we're going to say, you know, kind of dare you to run it against us. And it almost felt like the Colts looked at that and said, okay, white flag is raised. Uh, we'll just try and do the dink and dunk passing game. And then eventually, 
you know, Minshew has the fumble on the second drive of the game, and then he misses Pierce, who was open on that third drive of the game, and then you get a holding penalty, and you get behind the chain, and just slowly but surely, when you threw the football, Mm -hmm. whether it was a strip sack on the second drive, whether it was missing Pierce down the field, whether it was a holding penalty on a pass play, when you throw it like that, you are taking your weakness and you're exposing it, and you're kind of giving Jacksonville an an, an out there. Um, I didn't like that at all. I know Jacksonville's been a pretty good run defense team this season, but again, your rushing attack yesterday looked a whole lot different than it did week one with Deion Jackson and Jake Funk and Evan Hall, and I didn't feel like you tested them enough. You put too much on Minshew's plate, and in that environment, um, I just think mentally he looked he looked rattled to me. Very, very rattled. Usually I look at him and think he's pretty composed back there. I saw a guy that had this game circled on the calendar that couldn't sleep Saturday night, and he forced some balls that were just inexcusable when the game was very much still in, in, in Yeah, doubt. I mean, everything was thrown off his back foot. I, I, I just Some of that stuff, I just don't understand what he was doing. Here's Steichen yesterday talking about the flow of the game. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the flow dictate that, dictates that a little bit, you know, down to distance and how we're feeling and what I'm thinking in those situations. And obviously we came out throwing a little bit there early and, you know, got the three points, which we could have, you know, scored there on that first drive with the touchdown. Um, but again, you know, hats off to Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, he didn't, Steichen didn't say a damn thing yesterday. So interested what he'll say uh, coming up today. I just think, I think it snowballed on him. I think they got down. Okay. We have that two-play sequence. Yeah, I uh, you mean, know, what was it, fourteen points? Yeah, in 16 and, and, seconds? and when you when you fumble, it's like, okay, now Minshew is going to do that thing today, and then you come back and ETN's in the end zone, and it's fourteen to three. I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to decide if there was. I don't know. If panic is the word, but they never got into a flow from there, right? Like I just. I don't know. What you're saying is right. Moss and Taylor have to be a bigger part of the pie. Now, both of them did, you know, work in the passing game. Taylor had the one, you know, down yeah, the left sideline. I, I didn't line, see but, that commitment But that's not enough. Early. That's not what they are. Again, that should be your offensive strength. And, again, I thought it was an opportunity to test Jacksonville and see, okay, where are you guys at? Where are you at coming off of the back-to-back London game? Yeah, Jacksonville then, felt no pressure the entire game. Right. And, and then I want to go back to something earlier that we kind of let off with. Andy, I asked Shane Sykin late on Friday in that press conference, are you a standings watch guy? You know, you'll have some coaches that'll, you know, either be honest with you or or not. And if you go back and watch those two clips to end the Friday press conference, Shane was pretty darn fired up and understood the magnitude of what mm-hmm. Sunday was. I mean, Sunday was a massive week six game for the Colts. And it should have had that intensity level, especially after you lost the opener. And you haven't won there in nearly a decade. When you factor all that in, just put the three and two records aside and the AFC South standings and all that to the side. When you think of what Jacksonville's done to you in that place over the last handful of years, now nearly a decade, that one should matter more. And I just thought Jacksonville punched harder and punched quicker than you did when that game on paper should have meant more to the Colts. Uh, And I think that is a little bit disappointing. It's now twice this season that we've seen the Colts, after a nice victory the week prior, pats on the back galore, a team that has a little bit of a scheduling question. Remember the Rams? Mm -hmm. They had the long travel from the Monday night game. Back to the West Coast. Back to the West Coast. Back here for the 10 a.m. local time kickoff. For them, they punched you first. And I thought yesterday, again, more of a question of how would Jacksonville handle things, and that game should mean more to the Colts. They punched you 
early on in that game. And I think that's just a disappointing aspect to the Colts here early on. Maybe we're being premature. Maybe it's, oh, yeah, they won four games last year. Like, they're not ready to handle that. Um, But clearly, in the two times that they've had opportunities to do that this year, they have not been ready at all to handle that, whether it's getting down, whatever it was, 23 to the Rams, and then yesterday getting down multiple scores and playing from way behind all game long. It was nice to see Evan Ingram have a one-handed catch. Never saw that for four years in New York. I'm joking. Two, three, nine, ten, seven. How about the grab by Alec Pierce? <laughs> that, that was a nice catch by Alec Pierce, the okay. left-hander. Uh, it was. Uh, you're by the way, about that the, is a big the, injury. The, the five-yarder that he made over the middle, another terrible throw by Minshew. Yeah, he's injured. And, yeah, and, that's and like, a bad injury. I, I do not say that in a no. laughing, joking manner. We will see what the diagnosis is, but if Alec Pierce is going to miss any time, Andy, your wideout group's a bunch of five well, nine I, dudes I and have, Michael Pittman. I have no idea what they even do. Who would they even put on the outside? Yeah, I mean, there's a I bunch of no guys idea. on the practice squad that we can get into. Former kind of high draft picks. We'll wait, you know, yeah. word on on. No, Pierce but he's going to miss some time with that. But that did not look good as he was walking off the field with that shoulder injury. Can I ask you this? And we'll talk about this more in the eight o'clock hour. Like, I'm just wondering, what are the Colts? Are they just? Uh, are they just like one of these teams? Like, there's so many of these teams in the NFL that I feel like the Colts can beat many teams, but I also feel like they can lose to just about any team. You look, look at Cleveland coming into town. You look at the Saints coming into town. That ultimately might be just what they are, but I, I guess yesterday just muddled things for me a little bit, and it probably goes back to Minshew not taking care of the ball and he and Steichen, you know, throwing the ball 55 times in a game like that. I'm trying to figure out... Trying to figure out consistently what they're going to be. And I guess I, I guess I thought that the combination of Moss and Taylor would kind of lead the way on that, right? And we know what they would be. Like all I the just things thought that, that would be saying, more of an early yeah, game focus. And because they're definitely not Minchu fifty you know, throwing the ball fifty five times. They're definitely not I mean, I feel like they're better at the point of attack defensively than what we saw yesterday, right? Like, I mean, you know, Etienne's getting the ball and he's walking four or five yards before he's hit. That's yeah. just not gonna work. I thought a really quiet day from the front seven. I mean, I, I know Buckner had the one sack. Uh, but Quiddy Pay, very, very quiet afternoon. I didn't feel like your linebackers were around the ball as much as they usually have been. Cornerback-wise, that's to be expected. You know, when you start two rookies outside, you know, ups and downs are going to be there. Shout-out to Juju Brents uh, with his first career interception. I do a um, I do a hits and misses pieces. Uh, that's, that's a lot of S's. Hits and misses piece, <laughs> I should say, on our website every Monday. and basically looks at the good and bad. You know, over the course of 60 minutes, Andy, it's not all bad, it's not all good, et cetera, et cetera. I was really struggling, and I guess I'll ask you for some advice here. Name me an individual you would put in the good category from yesterday. I mean, probably Pittman, although you could look at some of his and say, well, how many, how impactful were a lot of his receptions? But in the end, he had nine for a buck uh, for, for 109. And I would have loved to have seen Minshew give him a chance on that jump ball in the fourth quarter. I mean, you'd probably have to go with Pittman, right? I mean, even though, I mean, Zaire Franklin had, what, eight tackles, and for him, that's not even yeah, big. Yeah, that's not I, a big time I, number yeah, I can't for him. There. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, Taylor. I don't usually know if he's worked even, himself back a little bit. That's a positive. Usually in these games, there's at least like one, <laughs> yeah, if not two it, individuals probably that kind of stand out. I mean, you scored 14 in the fourth quarter. Don't you kind of backdoor your way? I mean, Josh Downs had his first career touchdown. So uh, that I, it was also something I kind of walked away from thinking to myself, man, what are even like, what's the one position group that, that showed up? What's the one player that showed up? Um, 
And I'm I'm struggling big time to find that. Amari Rodgers and Trey Sermon came in the game and they both had a drop, I think. And I know it was a high throw to Amari Rodgers, but I'm like, you know Pierce is going to be out a little while, fellas. Like, you know that, right? You might want to hang on to that one. I am curious how much, because I thought this right away, Andy. The two-play sequence we've talked about. Okay, opening drive field goal for the Colts. Opening drive touchdown for the Jags. So they win in the red zone. You don't win in the red zone. You're up, You're down 7-3. That first play after that, Bernard Ryman gets beat. And we have not seen Ryman get beat like that at all this season. Not even, I mean, no one has come close to beating him like that. Josh Allen makes a strip sack on Minshew, and that was a hell of a strip and hell of a recovery by the Jags there. And so right away, your defense, you know, sudden change defense, and boom, wildcat misdirection, ETN 22 yards, and everybody looked lost defensively on that play. That gets to 14-3 in a blink of an eye. I mean, if you had gone out, you know, if you were whatever, putting a, a Max Bowen down for a nap there for three minutes, all of a sudden you come back and you're like, wait, what just happened? And it's 14-3, and I just felt, me, I felt like, here we go again. And I'm curious how much did they feel that. I know it's a new, you know, offensive coaching staff. It's a new head coach. There obviously are some new pieces on both sides of the ball to that. But everyone, you know – asked me a lot like hey why can't we win in Jacksonville and if there is a trend to it to me it's two things Andy you turn the ball over multiple Mm -hmm. times you continue to do that yesterday you had two first half turnovers that set the tone and then to your point you just lose the battle in the trenches way too often against this team and I think Jacksonville's got a good defensive front but their offensive line is not a strength. No. And they were down two starting guards yesterday. And I just would have liked to have seen. You, you wouldn't have known it. Buckner. Yeah. yeah I would really like to have seen Buckner and Grover Stewart dominate that game a little bit more. Again, your linebackers making some plays up the middle. Um, they're not the culprit. They're not. I mean, again, Minshew's turnovers speak for themselves. That was the main issue from yesterday. But I've got higher expectations for the front seven. And I would have liked to have seen them impact things more. What a cruddy place to not be able to win games. Jacksonville. Yeah, it's not even like ah, oh, you know we, you know now it wouldn't be yeah, New you, England, but you can't uh, win an Arrowhead. Yeah, you can't. You know, for some reason, just Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes were really struggling winning at Arrowhead. Well, you know, Belichick not anymore. Uh, you really struggling winning. Going to New England's not very easy. You know, I'm trying to think uh, other difficult places to play. Seattle, ah, the twelfth man. You know, we go to Seattle, and you know, weird things happen when we go to Seattle. It's like no, it's Jacksonville, the forgotten Florida city with guys with cargo shorts and a in a pool in one of the end zones. We didn't get that, any pool shots yesterday. I didn't get how are there no pool shots? I know. I mean, were there not any females around that pool? Was it just all dudes? We come on, CBS. I can't get one pool shot. It's 40 degrees and raining all weekend in Indianapolis. I mean, honestly, if I was Anthony Richardson, I think I would have <laughs> made a pool visit in the second half. I mean, let's do that. Uh eight o'clock hour. Do you want to hit on AR yeah. just a little bit we'll of touch on because yeah, again, what I now? thought Friday Shane Steichen pretty much said what Ian Rappaport said yesterday. And and so the update there is a little bit fresh, and we'll see if any more clarity on that comes today. I know Jay Glazer from Fox had a report that it could come today, a more of a permanent decision on what the plan is for Anthony Richardson the rest of the season. We'll continue to take your calls. Get to our fan tweets of the game. Uh, hand out our goats of the weekend as well. 317-239-1070. I'm Kevin Bowen. He's Andy Sweeney. Sam Fritz in for Mark Dykton this week. You'll listen to the wake-up call on a bit of an ugly start to this Monday here in Indianapolis. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
Daniels. All right, there's our little montage. Appreciate Sam putting that together. Uh, not a happy one. Colts losers, thirty-seven to twenty. Uh, and we've got Matt Gay. Maybe maybe that's the comment. <laughs> maybe that's the individual that I should put in my hits. Right? Oh goodness. Well, Matt Gay. Yeah. I mean, there you go. I don't know what to tell you about the positive. It's not positive day for sports radio, KB. Uh, how much did you enjoy your Notre Dame game? There's a positivity. How Boy, was that? that? Was that good? That defensive effort. You feeling good about that? Unbelievable. I mean, really. So you feel yeah, good yeah. about the season now again? Like, what do you do? By the way, Louisville went and lost at Pittsburgh. They got blown up by 17. Yeah, it's been a roller coaster <laughs> of emotions, to say the least, for the Irish here over the last month. But, oh, yeah, man. to do that against USC, to do that against uh, Caleb Williams, I, thought, I think I saw it was the biggest regular season loss Lincoln Riley's ever had. I'm not a big Lincoln Riley guy. You know what? I used to be, but a game like that just makes me not a Lincoln Riley guy. And I just don't know what it is. Yeah, he's going to catch some heat. There's no doubt about it. By the way, I'm watching this Browns defense just dominate the Niners yesterday. Yeah, the Colts are going to see a great defense coming in here on Sunday. We'll see if it's P.J. Walker or Deshaun Watson, the off-cut back on the practice squad, P.J. Walker, during his stint here. In Indianapolis. Again, Colts lose yesterday 37-20. to Absolutely dominated by Jacksonville. Turnover-filled day for Gardner Minshew. You know, one of the things, Andy, and we'll, we'll take some calls here, 317-239-1070, at KBOWEN1070 on Twitter, at the only Sweeney. If Minshew's going to single you to death, or at least if that's the attempt, you know, to use the baseball analogy, you, you can't have the massive swings and misses. And that has been something he has stayed away from in his career. But, you know, we, we talked about stylistically what's going to be different. Okay, it's going to be a shorter, quicker than passing game. For the most part, that's pretty much what we saw. You know, once they got down, he did take a couple more shots down the field. Um, he should, based off his career, stay away from mm-hmm. turnovers. I mean, his touchdown-to-interception ratio in his career is like 3-1. to one. Um, and then, obviously, you aren't going to have the leg element. So when you remove the leg element, which was a great kind of just safety valve, the dual threat nature should open up a little bit more of the run game, you can't turn it over because you need singles and you need to slowly move the runners over because you're not going to hit a lot of chunks. And It's like NL baseball back in the day. Yeah, National small League ball baseball. like none other. Small <laughs> ball like none other. By, by the way, did you say you were texting with Tucker Barnhart last yeah, hour? Yeah, Tucker's a local guy. Okay, well, I, we, well, I had no idea that you had a relationship with Tucker Barnhart. Have we had him on with you? Uh, no, you. we have not had him on. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, uh, thir- Sam, did I text you that Thursday maybe for him? Okay. Uh, that's, he's somewhere on the list. I don't remember if you said Thursday or Tuesday. Well, I didn't know if that was a humble brag or, is, or oh, if that no. was just something no. I was supposed he to know a- that you and Tucker had that relationship. He's a great human and, and an okay, avid well, listener. Okay, well, there you go. Avid listener of the fan here. So, yeah, we'll have Tucker Barnhart fantastic. on a little bit later in the week to talk uh, playoff base. He's probably not too happy about his Colts uh, from yesterday. But, again, to get back to Minshew, Andy, you can somewhat live with methodical dink and dunk, single, single, single. It's not how you want to live, but you can somewhat live when you throw the turnovers on top of it. And I really go back to these first two interceptions. I know. I, I know the fourth or the third one. Fourth one. Hell, there could have been about six or seven <laughs> interceptions from Minshew yesterday. But you look at those first two. The first one comes on a second down when the score is 14 to three in your infield goal range. At that point, Andy. You can't be thinking, I've got to force this ball into some crazy window down the field. If you just survive to the next down, Matt Gay has proven to be obviously a very good kicker for you. If all of a sudden it's 14-6 late first half, you are very much in the game going into halftime after a poor first half. You would have taken that. Then the second interception, 
It's a first down. Mm-hmm. It's a clean pocket. If I'm not mistaken, I still think it was a two-score game at that point. Was it was it? 21 to six. Yeah, 21 it, six, it, right? It, yeah, you got a three and out from Jacksonville. You just got a first down, and then you threw an interception. Like, I believe like, the pick was on first down too. Yeah, and that was the that was the airmail of Pittman. And I found myself reacting to both of those interceptions, Andy. Why? Not how, but more of why. Like, you don't need that in that situation. You know, I can understand a little bit of third and 13, mm-hmm. you're under siege, right. they're blitzing you like none other, you kind of throw it up, and it's more or less a punt. But that's not what either of those two picks were. It was a first down, a second down, it was a two-score game. You were still, again, somewhat in it. And, and this goes back to what I was trying to say in, in the opening hour of, where I would have liked to have seen more of a commitment to the run game early on. I know you didn't run it well yesterday, but I would have liked to have seen you test Jacksonville. I thought you gave them an easy out by saying, physically, I I don't know where you're at coming after the back-to-back London games. You're a little banged up in the trenches. I didn't think you did that. I thought you handed them the easy out saying, no, 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 we're going to throw, throw, throw. Uh, We'll let your guys kind of pin their ears back if they'd like to, and we're going to see how much Gardner can handle. I mean, first half, he had 25 pass attempts. 25 pass attempts in one half of football? For a yeah, backup quarterback? It, it, it's not go, It's not going to work. No, they just never got on any sort of a track. You know what it reminded me of? And I've been there, whether it be here or other places. You know, it's like a radio guy who has so much info that he wants to get out there, KB, that he talks so damn fast that he gets it all out there in the first segment. <laughs> All the good things that you might want to say or all the bad things about a particular game. I mean, don't, didn't you feel that way? That the Colts just became enamored with, we're, we're going to, we're just going to keep throwing the football. It's like they never settled into, hey, we're going to be aggressive and we're going to be aggressive with a backup quarterback's arm, right? Instead of just kind of easing into the radio segment, easing into the game to where, yes, you can throw 11 times out of the first 16, but you do have Jonathan Taylor that you just paid a lot of money to and you have a guy that at that time was third best in the NFL uh, in rushing yards. They just they they were just hurried to show that we can be something with Gardner Minshew is how it felt. Does well, that mean like they had to prove, hey, yeah. Gardner's going to be able to do these things? And I'm like, well, the, yes, that's fine. But Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor and running the ball against that defensive line is what you need to do. Well, and, and again, I think it would have at least forced Jacksonville to say. How are we going to react to this? How are we going to handle the body blows? Um, And you have a strength. It's the duo of Taylor and Moss. Jacksonville has been a good run defense team this season. But as soon as they come out and they play all that base defense, the three linebackers on the field, Jacksonville, you almost just bow down to them. You you almost just said, all right, you guys are right. You guys win. Uh, We're just going to throw it all day long. And... Obviously, that I mean, did not work. It kills. At all. It kills play action as well. I mean, it means nothing when you're throwing the ball 55 times and Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss aren't touching the ball. I want to get to Anthony Richardson. We have calls uh, coming up as well. The last thing I would say on this is what what frustrated me the most about Gardner Minshew is, and he cannot do this, is he did not give the Colts a chance to win the game. Right. He has to do that. Okay, they have to be in it in the four. They can lose games. They're going to lose games. And what I said to open the show, I think should scare Colts fans. And I think the Cleveland game 
probably the Saints game, but the Cleveland game will have a lot to say. Let's go back to Tennessee. The Tennessee game to me was, hey, the Colts are going to be, you know, staying power is the phrase that I used. If they go and they lose to Cleveland, suddenly you start to wonder, okay, is this thing going to go downhill? Are they going to have any more staying power? I just don't think the schedule's tough enough. I, listen, I understand. I understand I mean, that. You got but two straight home games coming up, and then you, are, don't you have the two worst teams in football after that? Uh, you, isn't you, Carolina, you New England, the you two do, worst? Uh, no, they're bad. Listen, Carolina had a fourteen point lead at one point, and they still they still didn't get they still didn't cover after and it was fourteen nothing. Everyone's going see here goes Frank Reich. He's figuring out Bryce Young. Yeah, how, how did that work? I just Gardner Minshew cannot lose them games. And he lost them the game on Sunday, and he cannot do that. And that's up to Steichen to put together an offense where where Minshew can be effective, but there is a breaking point to where the other guys on the team have to have to be there for him. And that's Taylor, and that's Moss, and and they just got to get the ball more. It's just it's that it was just it was just frustrating that Minshew, with all of the the adulation that he's got, oh, he's the best. This what a great Great pickup by Ballard and and all oh, it's you know they yeah, wanted mania, to mania, oh, mania. Minshew mania and he takes care of the ball and all these uh, you talk about handling adulation well as a team well Gardner Minshew has got that this season Gardner Minshew has never been more beloved than he has this season and then he just goes out there and flat loses the game for your team that loss is on him yesterday yeah and that's why again Andy and I don't know maybe I'm giving him a cop out but how much was he just not ready for that moment. I mean, you have guys that have talked throughout their NFL careers what it's like to go back and play the team that drafted you and obviously the team that also traded him. He was very unhappy that Jacksonville traded him. And I know it wasn't Doug Peterson necessarily. There's still members in that organization that said, okay, we're going to trade Gardner Minshew and go in a different direction here with C.J. Beathard as the backup. <laughs> and C.J. Beathard. Gardner has bounced around to a lot of different colleges. I know. He's bounced around to a variety of NFL teams. He's you know played for three of them. He, while he might not give off this sort of persona, he is a very chip-on-the-shoulder sort of dude. And I think internally he had this one circled big time on the calendar. And I bring that up, Andy, because I thought it was such an out-of-character effort out of him. If you look at his 40-some starts in his NFL career, these games are not on it. Like, multi-turnover, four-turnover games are lose, not lose on you the game type his baseball card at all. Right. So that, you know, I'm trying to make sense of it, okay? So why? Why is that? Well, did it have something to do with he was forcing it, forcing it, thinking I've got to show this team, I got to show this franchise who I am. I'm back in the stadium that you know he did have all those glorious, you know, kind of surprise Minshew mania moments in that 2019 rookie season for him. I uh, do want to get to Anthony Richardson here in just a second. I know Carlos has been hanging on for a while, so let's sneak uh, Carlos in here. Carlos, good Monday morning to you. Two, you know, that game plan makes 
because one dimensional. You can't be, you can't win like that in the NFL with four turnovers. And then the third thing is that when we're going to have at least defensive end pass rush to help these two interior guys, Buckner and Glover. You know, um, everybody, you know, San Francisco has a great defense. They have step on their defensive line. We don't. Buckner or, or Glover out, we're in big trouble. We didn't, we didn't have any pressure against Trevor Lawrence yesterday, except for the end. But other than that, let you guys suck it over and go Colts. Appreciate that, Carlos. Uh, Andy, I think spot on with so many of those points. One of the early ones he made there, he points to 55 attempts for Menchu. I don't necessarily want to get to that number because it gets skewed late because you're right. just chucking it all across the yard in the fourth quarter, understandably. I point more to the 25 attempts in the first half. When the game is still very much, you're trying to establish themselves. It's a back and forth. It's a two-possession game. You know There were certainly moments in the first half where Jacksonville wasn't just going up and down the field on you. To have 25 attempts for Minshew in the first half and then to have Moss and Taylor combine for eight carries, I would have been stunned on Friday, Andy, if you had told me, hey, Kevin, at halftime on Sunday, Gardner Minshew is going to have three times the amount of pass attempts versus <laughs> Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor combined carries. And, you know, he says punch them in the mouth. That's what I like body blow them and see how they then look in the second half. I know your run game did not have a ton of success yesterday, but I thought if you would have tried to do that early on, you might not have great success in the first and second quarter, but if you stay in the game, if you create kind of a one-possession affair, what do they then look like in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, coming back from London, playing in some 80-degree heat? That was something I wanted to see, not saying, oh, yeah, Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor's legs or Gardner Minshew's right arm. What? <laughs> you know? His fading away. His fading away. I think it all just started at that fumble. Uh, the fumble, then the turnaround, then it's 14-3. At that point, didn't, the, didn't you feel like everything got thrown out the window that the Colts were going to it, well, do it, at that moment? That's how it feels looking back at but it. But it's not like they tried to establish the run even no, before No, no they didn't, but it feels like any chance of that was probably going to go by the wayside given that it was 14-3. But it's one thing for you and I, Andy, to sit there and say, here we go again. This is the Colts in Jacksonville for the umpteenth year in a row. But it's and, not for Steichen. But it shouldn't be when you're in that. It is still a one possession. I mean, how many drives did you have okay so they go up 14-3 with 14 minutes to go in the second quarter for the next 12 minutes Andy it was a 14-3 game Mm -hmm. it's not like Jacksonville then scored right away after that but you followed up that fumble with punt punt interception again he misses Pierce he's got Pierce open on that third drive misses him then you come back on the next series uh, you throw a little quick pass to start the series. Pierce gets a holding penalty, so you're behind the chains. And then he throws that first pick, which was, to me, that was the here we really go again. Because that was 14-3. You're in field goal range. It, there's no need to force that ball. He, you know, overshoots. I think it was Pittman on both the first two picks. And all of a sudden, you have the turnover. They get the return off of it. Christian Kirk scores, you know, a handful of plays later. And here you go. Quickly, here's Gardner Minshew about the interceptions yesterday after the game. To the one to Pitt, I sailed. The other end, I sailed. And then there was a fourth down, cover zero. I dropped and tried to lay a ball up there, and I should have threw it more outside. Um, so, you know, I'm going to learn from it and um, get better from it. 
So a lot we, of sailing. Uh, yeah, I guess in a, Florida, that's what you do, right? <laughs> I wish he would have sailed the last one a little bit more. He, uh, he could have been picked three more times. He probably could have been. No, I mean, they had a couple that were right in their hands. Let's quickly go to Aaron. Then I want to talk some Anthony Richardson. Sobering seeing him on the sideline yesterday. 239-1070. Aaron, fire away. Yeah, but Steichen takes responsibility in that in Minshew throwing the ball fifty five times. Like he like like the like the play calling, some of the play calling early is on Shane Steichen, but the interceptions and the poor play is a hundred percent on Gardner Minshew. He has to be better. Appreciate it, appreciate it, Aaron. I have no idea what you're talking about. Who cares about Sam Ellinger? Is it Kellen Mond time? Is Kellen Mond going to be the backup? <laughs> I'm not up? worried about a third-string quarterback on any team in the NFL, including the Colts. Uh, again, a right? couple things to note. We do want to get to Anthony Richardson here in just a second, the latest on that. A couple things to note from yesterday. Again, pretty much a split for Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Moss technically started. He had 39 snaps. Taylor had 33 uh, both of them touched the football 13 times. Obviously, the big play was Taylor on that catch and run on that crosser. That was something that certainly we a, a expected to see in the game. Uh, outside of that, though, very quiet. 13 touches for 65 yards for Taylor. Moss was 13 for 59. So very similar numbers. I was a little surprised to see Andy at Shaq Leonard return to the lineup. He played 52 of the 64 defensive snaps. EJ Speed's playing time dropped all the mm-hmm. way to 27 snaps. Actually noticed Leonard a little bit more yesterday. Well, he's than second I on have, the team in tackles. Um in his previous games. But again, Zaire Franklin still playing every snap. Uh, Leonard 52, Speed 27. There were 64 total snaps on defense. Uh, I did not see the Jay Glazer report. Uh can you fill me in here that potentially you might we might get news today yeah, that's what on Jay, Anthony Richardson? Jay Glazer had mentioned again, you know. Shane second on Friday made it very clear that they are still mulling surgery over and that right now 
Uh, rehab was the plan of attack for Anthony Richardson in his first week post-AC joint sprain, but that surgery was something that was certainly still on the table. Ian Rappaport, I think, added to it in, in, in a little bit of a, he's strongly considering it. I think right. that was the phrase that Rappaport used on Sunday. Um, again, Shane will meet the media here later today, but Andy, I think the longer you elect to go rehab, the more that you don't rule out surgery. I mean, it's certainly a possibility. We've seen the last of Anthony Richardson here in this rookie season. And, you know, bummer was the word I used endlessly last week. It is a square for our male audience out there. It's a square <laughs> kick in the you-know-what. Yes, for overwhelming male audience. That's exactly what it is. Well, I tell you what was terrible about it is – uh, as this, the S word has been creeping up since the injury last weekend, has it not? Like it feels like the 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 probability, the possibility of Anthony Richardson having surgery is something that started off as I don't know when he got injured. Uh, you know, we're talking about a month. We're talking about IR. We're talking about after the bye week, after you play New England and Germany. And yeah, you still got seven yeah, games left. Yeah, after you still that. have you know six, seven games. Even if it took him another week, you would still have six games. And I don't know. I just with the combination of what Steichen has said or not said, the combination of things that you've either said or written, and then you go to the you know he's strongly considering. If we want to start parsing words with Ian Rappaport, Jay Glazer, and everybody else and then you go out there and you have that type of performance and they're absolutely a few different times where you say damn Anthony Richardson the threat of him running or simply him running their first downs to be had and then Gardner Minshew does and listen I know Steichen uh, is at fault as well on this but the offense sputters and Minshew gives you no chance to win the game with his turnover problems yesterday and Anthony Richardson is, is you know is sitting there and the only headline you got from him is how many autographs he signed before the game uh boy yesterday was one of those I'll go back this is like my overriding theme today you have to hope that this is contained to one game you have to hope that it's going to Jacksonville that and to be fair to Minshew, Minshew th this does I mean his career would say this is an yeah, anomaly. Yeah, 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 when you look at Minshew, uh maybe Steichen learns from this with some of the play calling, um you know, each game, I mean you see it in the NFL, you see the Niners what happened to them, you see what happened to the Eagles, the Chiefs have kind of been whatever. I mean Buffalo was nip and tuck beating one of you know, you know, almost lost to one of the worst teams in the entire league. Things happen in the NFL and you have to hope it was uh, turnovers that you just got behind in the game and that ruined the game plan uh, that Minshew, as you would say, KB, the back of his uh, baseball card doesn't say that these are the types of games that he's going to have, that the defense is going to show, show more power at the point of attack. You have to hope all of these things just combined uh, to happen in a place that you don't win anyway and you can take this game and you can flush this game. But if you can't, if you combine everything that we saw yesterday, if Minshew isn't going, you know, if Minshew, 
if we start seeing a lot of Minchu and you want to see less of Minchu, you know, it's like a it's it's a relief pitcher who usually goes an inning or two, and now you're asking him to go five or six. In, you know, in his career, Minchu, this is kind of what he's also been. When he becomes a long-term starter, he doesn't win games. And that doesn't mean he turns the ball over, doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't win games, and I, I don't know. And then you, then you look over there yesterday and Anthony Richardson, and now you're – I don't know. I kind of feel like you're being smacked in the face with Anthony Richardson's not going to play again this season. Combined with what we saw Sunday, you better hope that it's contained to just Sunday. Otherwise, this feel good that you've had in a month is going to go away pretty damn quick. I mean, you go out there and you lose at home in Lucas Oil to the Cleveland Browns 17-6. And, you know, Derek Carr and whatever the Saints limp in with, with Dennis Allen as their head coach. You don't win that game. This season's going to what we thought it might be at the beginning of the year. And to their credit, um, you know, they've been a team. You know, they bounce back. They play bad against the Rams at times. They bounce back and they beat the Titans. You got to hope they have that in the cards on Sunday. You really do. Uh, there's some more on the Richardson front that I do want to get into um, as we move along here. Um, so we'll continue to kind of touch on that and certainly continue to take your thoughts from yesterday. 37-20 was the final score as the Colts have not won in Jacksonville since the 2014 season. Uh, let's hit a morning check down. The morning check down. So yeah, Colts losers 37-20. Michael Pittman, he's going to be your positive t- uh, today on the website, KB. Nine Matt catches, Gay, too. Uh, 109. He and Matt Gay are going to be the two. Uh, week six of the NFL concludes tonight. Cowboys at Chargers. So the 19 Charger fans in attendance will enjoy uh, all the Dallas Cowboy fans penetrating their stadium. That one coming up tonight. I think I'm going to take the uh, Cowboys money line in that one. It's called chasing, Sam. You ever chased before in sports betting? That's what uh, your boy here is doing. I, I'm unfamiliar with oh, the wow. term. <laughs> it's when you lose Sam's a bunch. Sam's just chasing women yeah. on the weekends. <laughs> he was moving this weekend. Him and, him and his boys moving to a new spot. Moving departments, not moving as in chasing after them. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's what clear. I thought. I'm so Cowboys immobile. Chargers tonight. That will wrap up the weekend. Other way, uh, other spots in the AFC South. Texans over those Saints that we just talked about, 20-13. to 13. Ravens over the Titans, 24-16. Tennessee's not going to be able to turn things around just 2-4 and four on the season. Week 6, one of the earlier, um, I guess, times of NFL seasons where no undefeateds remain. Yeah, seems a little early. Yeah, they always right? do the thing where the the somebody mo- gets a seven and zero. Yeah, yeah, or something the seventies like Dolphins pop the champagne. Like, okay, guys, both undefeated teams losing yesterday to backup quarterbacks. PJ Walker in uh, the Browns' case with that one again. Colts and Browns coming up Sunday. Cleveland a slight favorite in that one. All right, uh, college football from the weekend. My Irish, uh, very, 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 very happy about that one. Much needed. They made Caleb Williams hell look like Gardner Minshew. Frankly, uh, three interceptions, six sacks of the Heisman Trophy winner, 48-20, much needed for Marcus Freeman as they head to their bye week. Uh, Indiana-Purdue, absolutely awful. Uh, I guess Indiana was up 7-0 in the first quarter, so I'm not sure if Jake Query was running naked around Monument. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. In circle to celebrate that afterwards, Michigan scored 52 <laughs> straight points to cover 
handily. Uh, and Purdue didn't even sniff a cover of Ohio State. Pur- Purdue's more disappointing. Our guy Sam gave us that one. Who's more yeah, who disappointing? Who is more disappointing right now, Purdue or IU? It, it's definitely Purdue. 100%. Even with the new coach? Yeah, because everyone thought Purdue was going to like test to win a bowl game. No one ever thinks Indiana. I mean, no one thought Indiana was going to do anything this season. But Purdue had the, hey, you know, they can make a bowl game. You know, they have a new coach that we like. And they had a bunch of home games too, right? First month, month and a half of the season, a bunch of home games for Purdue. No, they're bad. A 2-5 and five on the air, Purdue, Ooh. as they now head to their bye week uh, with a couple of road games coming out of that one. Well, you listen, you can go to Major League Baseball. There's a story that we haven't talked about that needs attention. Oh. Well, come on. What is it? You know what it is. It's my man. It's Mike Woodson. Oh. It's Sheriff Woody getting it done, Liam, picking up a five-star right? over the weekend. How about Liam that? Liam McNeely, is that correct? Liam McNeely. How about that? Woody getting it done. See? Get Tom Allen out of here. Living we got Mike the, Woodson we can talk about on, on a Monday. Living on message board. Sounds like this could be a little snowball, right? Some more could be uh, coming down the road as well in that class of 2024. Was it three straight classes now with a five-star? Potentially multiple five-stars? Listen. Mike Woodson's getting it done. That's my guy. Mike Woodson's getting it done. Uh, NIL, very, very helpful down there in Bloomington. You better believe it. As well. All right, Pacers back in action. Their preseason schedule, game three of four at home twice this week. Tonight with the Hawks, our coverage will begin at 6.30. And then coming up on Friday to close out their preseason slate. And then, as Andy said, Major League Baseball, the uh, championship series underway last night. The Rangers over the Astros, 2-0 in that one. Texas still yet to lose here. In the postseason, game two today will be at 437 if you're looking for the NLCS game one. And as Sam Fritz said earlier, it's the Battle of the Zacks. Is that right tonight? Yes, Zach Gallen and Zach Wheeler. Wheeler for the Phillies, Gallen for the Diamondbacks. 807, first pitch Wait, there for I, Philadelphia. I hate to do this to Sam. I, then don't. N- n- nobody cares. <laughs> And he knows it. Did you see how much cares he cares pe- about the Battle of the Zacks or did, cares did, did about you, the NLCS? You know, did you see how much he petered out? Oh, yeah, guys. We got Zach Wheeler and Zach Gallon. And then he had to clarify which guy was on which team because nobody has any idea. Oh, I think people know that Zach Wheeler's a Philly. He had a good season this year. He did have a good season. Just sums up Major League By the way, baseball. I'm fine with it, but it is funny. The biggest games in baseball, Astros and Rangers, 430 in the afternoon. Well, I mean, and I'm fine with it, but you know, I was going to say, should you go every other night? Should you? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, do you want probably. baseball games to have that much in yeah, between these series? I mean, it? it's good, but I'm just saying at 4:30 in the afternoon, you know. I mean, that's a good series. Rangers and Astros is really good, but you know, Central Time, that's 3:30 in the afternoon. Uh, ugly, ugly, ugly. That was the effort down in Jacksonville yesterday for the Colts. We'll continue to talk about that. The latest on Anthony Richardson, and uh, we'll take your calls as well. 317-239-1070. <laughs> It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, about halfway through, we got you until 10 o'clock. Reminder, uh, after us, a little greeny, and then the local programming, we continue to react to the Colts' loss on Sunday. Query and company coming up at noon, and then at 3, JMV. And what is it later on this week? Isn't our guy Jake, isn't he going to Europe? He is, European yeah. vacation uh-huh. for Jake Query? How about that? Yeah, him and I were chatting about that the other day. Yeah, Netherlands, I believe. Is that uh, where he's going? Belgium, yeah. Get a little Belgian beer? A little Belgian beer catch action. a soccer game. There and you that, go. By the way, shout out. Uh, I was at the Butler Bowl on Saturday. Outstanding. Yeah, how did that there. go? Really entertaining game between Butler and Davidson. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, I uh, my first football game actually at Butler. So took Rosie, took our nephew Teddy. It was his birthday. So we had a great time. Weather held off for the most part, and 
uh, fun to take that in on a Saturday afternoon. I would rather watch that than watch Indiana or <laughs> Purdue play football at noon. I, I, don't, bl- I don't blame you. Uh, I'm just looking. Are we going to see, like, legit? I don't know when the next time we're going to see the sun is. Like, and I'm one of those people now that I need a sun to feel better yeah, about things. we do kind of K- get into a little bit here in the fall. KB, I thought Tuesday, it was going to warm Wednesday. up later this week, is it well, not? Well, it's supposed to, but the, then the rain's coming. Listen, I don't want to do the, the weather guy thing, but... I thought that was a reference to, like, Anthony Richardson <laughs> being out out for the year, potentially. <laughs> oh. Well, one thing I did want to note on Richardson... Yes, um, please. And again, Shane Sykin made it very clear on Friday that, you know, surgery is certainly still an option. And it feels like every time Steichen's talking, it's like a minimum of four games. I mean, he, he in Steichen ways, he's kind of saying like, guys, he's not coming back. Yeah, they're not soon. lowballing it at all. No, right now. Um, if you would, let's just say he is out for the year, Andy. Okay. You pretty much have seen him play for two six quarter segments all year long. When you think about it, he started the season, of course, played that Jacksonville game, right, and then played really just the first quarter, a little bit into the second quarter of week two in Houston. Then he was out, had the concussion, didn't play week three. Then he comes back week four. He plays that whole Rams game, the only game he started and finished this season. And then you get into that second game with the Titans, and he will have played about a half. I think he exited with like three or four minutes to go in that Titans game. And that would be it. I mean, that that is where this yeah, it's, bummer it's sobering. comes yeah, from. It. Of like, okay, wait, he's played two six-quarter segments and... He's played, what, a quarter on the road all year long? One and a half quarter? I mean, all, all his play has been virtually at home. And again, this is what gets back to, like, all of the bummer associated with this with Richardson. There has unquestionably, be, unquestionably been flashes from him, and I would say some very encouraging signs from his play on the field. But, Andy, we could be getting to the end of the year, and Anthony Richardson will have played in, like, 15% of the Colts' snaps. I mean, 15%. I mean, can you imagine – Insert rookie quarterback here. I mean, hell, look at Peyton Manning through his first 15% of offensive snaps. I mean, there were a lot of struggles. Yeah. Aiden O'Connell is going to end up with more snaps. Given that Jimmy G you know, went to the hospital with a back and Brian Hoyer stinks, I mean, Aiden O'Connell is going to have more of a percentage of snaps on his team yeah. than Anthony Richardson will. And again, right? positive signs certainly when he's played, but the sample size is like— oh, It's too small. It, it, it's impossible no. to make these like— you know, grand statements no. that you have a bunch of conviction or confidence in, and obviously that doesn't even involve the injury element to it all. So we'll await official word on things. We'll see if Shane Steichen has any update later today on it. I do understand this, and I said this to JMV last week, Andy. This might be Andrew Luck PTSD, but I've always been a believer that Luck, and Luck was a labrum injury. And it doesn't sound like this is labrum at all with Richardson. So I don't want to act like it's the same exact injury situation. But I felt like one of the big mistakes big mistakes that Andrew Luck made in his shoulder uh, injury situation was not electing to have surgery after the 2015 season. Mm-hmm. He injured his shoulder late September in 2015. He elected to do rehab after that season then had to have surgery after the following season, that just delayed the inevitable. And I think it caused a lot of that constant pain and having to sacrifice and having to kind of, you know, do some things differently, whether it was limited practice time, you know, altering his throwing motion, however you want to call it. And I think that eventually caught up to him, clearly. So if this is indeed the best case scenario, sure, I, I totally understand why you would have surgery. And I am a fan of that route being taken, but that doesn't undermine or all of a sudden mean that, 
oh man, this isn't a huge kick in the you-know-what that he's going to miss all this playing time. Do you think if if Richardson, if it gets announced today, you know, tomorrow, next week, the week after, whenever, but let's focus on like this week because the Colts are coming off that kind of loss on Sunday and Binchu played that kind of game on Sunday. Is there any part of this season that 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 the team is going to be let off the hook that AR if he's out for the season like are we going to eventually once we see listen my my belief is once we keep seeing more of Minshew we're going to understand why he's a backup quarterback it doesn't mean that he's a bad player doesn't mean that he has value being a backup uh, quarterback I think he absolutely has value being a backup quarterback but once you see him like Josh Dobbs is a backup quarterback and he played well for Arizona and now what's Arizona now they lose every game they're like six points in the fourth quarter like it's up the jig is up a little bit and I like if if we feel that with Minshew, and I think there is a big time possibility that that's how we're going to feel with Gardner Minshew. How much of all of this is going to be? I don't want to say let off the hook, but the way we evaluate Ballard, Steichen, some of the players on the team. How does it change? How does it change the? And I, I'm not asking you to know because we may not yeah. get there. How much does it change the evaluation of everything? If we find out that Richardson is going to be out for the season, I, I don't think it honestly changes too too much because, you know, you, you, for a couple of reasons. One, I think a lot of people at the start of the year would have said, okay, Anthony Richardson as a starting quarterback for the Colts, their win total is what five. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, three you know, four I mean, wins. That's what we were openly talking about. So. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it doesn't change too, too much in that realm. I mean, hell, there are a lot of people that thought Gardner Minshew would give the Colts a better chance at more wins mm-hmm. this season than Anthony Richardson. Plus, Andy, and I, I think you made this point right before the start of the season. I thought it was a great point. You can put your quarterback in a little bit of a, okay, his evaluation is over here. But other guys on this football team that have been in the NFL mm-hmm. for several years, guys that play defense for you in particular, you can evaluate them in a much different light than you can what's going on at quarterback. Plus, inevitably, and Sunday could be one of them, Andy, you're going to play some teams that are in just as bad of quarterback shape as you, if not worse. I mean, Phillip Walker is literally on the – I call him (laughs) Phillip because that's what he used to go by when he was here. P.J. Walker is literally on the Browns practice squad. He went by Phillip here? He he, did? He was Phillip. He's not even on the Browns' actual roster. He's on their practice squad. Like, that's a third stringer. Who uh, who's gonna start for yeah, the Patriots? Listen, car stinks. And and Malik Cunningham. In a month, M- M- Malik Cunningham is so, yeah, gonna be starting like, in three weeks. So you're gonna face some teams that are in again a either a similar or a worse situation than you. Well, can I go a step further? The next six. Okay, so take take the bye week out. So technically, it's the next seven weeks. But just go the next six weeks. Cleveland, whatever they're going to have at the quarterback position, even if it's Watson, Watson is not a top 15, 16, 17 quarterback in the NFL. So it's a back end of the NFL type starter, but you very could get, very well could get Phillip uh, or somebody else. Uh, Derek Carr in that offense is not good. Okay, Bryce Young is a mess right now. I mean, Carolina is the worst team, second to worst team in the NFL. It's going to be when will they win a game? 
New England very well might be starting Bailey Zappi or Malik Cunningham. I follow Malik Cunningham's career at Louisville. He is not an NFL quarterback. The fact that he would even be in that situation tells you exactly where Bill Belichick is. And then you get the bye. Did you see Tampa Bay's offense yesterday? And, ba- I mean, and Baker got a little banged I up, mean, right? Ba- yeah, Baker's a little banged up, but not. I mean, did you see their offense yeah, yesterday? Yeah. Tannehill left on crushes. And, and then, yeah, and then you go to Tennessee, and there's a chance by the time you get to Sunday, December 3rd, that Malik Willis or if Will Levis is still in the NFL, that one of those guys, you could tell me one of those guys is going to be the starter in early December there in Tennessee, and I would not be surprised. And then, then you have Pittsburgh, who's a fine team. Uh, I mean, have you seen Atlanta? Desmond Ritter? I mean, Desmond Ritter stinks, okay? I mean, it's fine. He's a backup quarterback. Desmond Ritter, whatever the Raiders have, and and then Houston, obviously, to end the season. I don't know. I look at that, and you can look at it. Glass half full is what's coming into Lucas Oil or where you're going. The rest of this schedule, winnable games, oh, yeah. 50-50 games. The Gardner, Min- yeah, the Gardner Minshew isn't much worse than a Baker Mayfield or a P.J. Walker or other, all these other guys. The flip side of that is what I talked about last week. If AR is good and he develops, that's what you face. Imagine having a quarterback that you feel really confident about and an offense that you feel really confident about against Tennessee, Tampa Bay, New England, Carolina, New Orleans, Atlanta. Again, yesterday, Cincinnati will probably be different when you face them coming up in a couple of months. But yesterday is probably the second toughest game you'll have the rest of the year. And really, I don't know if there's much debate about it when you start looking at the schedule. And I guess that is the positive as you exit. I mean, you have the third easiest schedule in the league entering Sunday. And again, Jacksonville, um, easily one of your toughest games the rest of the season. All right, we got a couple calls that we'll get to here on the other side. Again, continue to react from yesterday with our fan tweets of the game and our goats from the weekend as well. Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Sam Fritz here on a Monday. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. I'm going to take some calls here. 317-239-1070. It's Aaron Neesmith's birthday today, KB. Oh, look at that. Happy birthday How old to him. You want to give a happy Ooh, birthday? I would guess he's got to be relatively young, right? 23, 24? All right, I'm going to look it up. I wasn't ready for that. He left I, I, gave you, I gave you a question. I wasn't ready for what, it. One year, two years at, at Vandy, so probably would have been 20. Yeah, I'd say right there, 23, 24 would be my guess there. Aaron Neesmith turns 24 years old. How about that? Ah, to be 24 again. Pacers Hawks tonight, 630. <laughs> Our coverage begins again a week from Wednesday will be the season opener for the Pacers. Um, again, plenty to get to, and we'll certainly get back into um, a lot of reaction from yesterday. And to me, certainly the root of the blame is at the backup quarterback and throwing a ton, ton of interceptable balls yesterday, three of them in total. But um, still, I don't think he was put in a great situation either i know brian's been hanging on uh for a bit here uh brian good monday morning to you thanks for the call Whew, boy um yeah brian that's that, that is a question andy i've seen you know floated around a little bit more in the last week uh you know the colts are a three and three football team right now it would have to get really really bad for them to be in the range because what do you think in some 
way it's going to be Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., Drake May as the first yeah, three picks. I, I would imagine that's the case. I mean, people still view Marvin Harrison that way, right? So you'd have to either lose out or, pro- I mean, Carolina, New England, Chicago, right? They're all going to be sitting up there at the top. Oh, Obviously, throw, Chicago. Throw in the Giants on that. Yeah, yeah. the Giants up there. No, Obviously, I, Chicago is going to have two of those picks. So I, you would have to be in the top three range. So I think you can you know, make that statement there. Um, if Drake May and Caleb Williams are generational as people believe, you would have to look long and hard at it. I know that might not, not be a popular opinion, but you'd have to look long and hard at it. I, I I'm a no I'm a I'm a no on this I I don't think they're here's the thing they're not going to be well, bad yeah, enough yeah, to be there I, I, mean, I don't think it'll be bad enough but let's play out the hypothetical let's say they are <laughs> I I'll still be the guy that says no on it I, I'm not sold that I, I I this this the they're generational talents I heard that about are Caleb Williams and Drake May yeah, do they have more Caleb Williams I think you you could debate this considering how you know off script and backyard sandlot type football he likes to play but does Drake May maybe does he have more stain power and by that I mean is there more of a CJ Stroud element to his game than an Anthony Richardson Caleb Williams element no I don't think you can listen I don't think it's going to happen uh for a myriad of reasons I mean the Colts just stuffed down our throats how generational Anthony Richardson was I'm tired of hearing such and such and this is not the Colts this is NFL analyst is generational we got that with Trevor Lawrence I mean I mean Trevor Lawrence is not a generational talent I know we had a our producer Elijah was in here on Friday and him and his mother probably took great offense to that but he's not <laughs> he's a good player he's a fine player he'll make some pro Bowls uh, I don't know maybe the Jags will make a run in the playoffs this year but generational is Pat Mahomes okay that's what a generational talent is we're, we're using NFL draft guys use that word way too much in my opinion I mean we heard a so great no Bryce thought Yo- of taking a quarterback no I mean I mean to me to me you you you're still in a situation where you're building around Richardson that's how I view it but the reality and Colts fans know it whether it be the quarterbacks you're going to face the teams you're going to face or the fact that you already have 3 wins KB you might as well buckle up for being drafting where you don't want to be drafting I mean, you see yeah, that, you're gonna right? you're going to be more in the purgatory area. No, you're going to be more in the 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 type range than you want to be. It's just the way it is with the schedule, with I think Steichen is good enough, and you've won three games already. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, there's some bad teams. Carolina is a yeah, I, one I and a half think... win over under. The Giants may not win too many games this season, right? I mean, the Vikings haven't won a game. Did they win? Yeah, the Vikings got one win. By the way, do you see that loser that had Kirk Cousins sign all of his jerseys? The Michigan State jersey, no, and the Washington jersey, and the Vikings jersey. Like you got to be. Are those worth money? I mean, I can't imagine anything worth less money in sports memorabilia than getting those three signed by Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, again, I don't to to Brian's question, I don't see the Colts in that sort no. of top five position. But if they were, Andy, you would have to at least think about it. You would have to. Sure. I, I I'm fine with thinking about it. I just I don't see there being a scenario that we end up there. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, eventually we have to look like fantasy. this every single week. I mean, this because 
the schedule to me is way too easy the rest of the way for them to end up with whatever, four wins, like, maybe like five Like even wins. in the next four games, Cleveland, New Orleans, Carolina, New England, if I gave you one or just one or two wins, you know, if I gave you one win in those, that would give you up to four wins. I mean, you would still win five, six games this season, and 6-11 and 11 is not going to put you in contention to get any of those guys. I mean, again, this is strictly like off the top of my head, but if you look at the quarterbacks that you could be facing – the rest of the season, it'll be a P.J. Walker slash Deshaun Watson mm. coming up on Sunday. And then after that, in it order, it would be Derek Carr, Bryce Young, Mac Jones, maybe, <laughs> uh, Baker Mayfield, maybe Ryan maybe. Tannehill, Joe Burrow, Kenny Pickett, maybe Desmond Ritter, who the hell knows with the Raiders, and then C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Who you've already beat. Now, that game would be different if they played today, but you've already beat Houston in Houston. Uh, back into uh, our Colts thoughts from yesterday. Again, 37-20. We'll rehash that. Give out our fan tweets of the game and our goats of the weekend. We'll do that in the 9 o'clock hour. Well, at least Maytay and them, uh, the crew, they got to see some sun in Jacksonville. They got to see 70 degrees. Uh, about the only positive thing, reacting with you today, two three nine ten seventy, hanging out another hour here on the wake up call. KB and Andy, uh, just a disastrous performance from Gardner Minshew. The defense, at least the first half, not much better, and the Colts lose. You know, just before we dive back into it, we'll take some more phone calls. Obviously, the interceptions. You know, Minshew. You know, let's just say, help lose the game, never in the game, never could truly come back, and we can dive into each of those interceptions. You know, I was talking with a buddy last night. He's a big Bills fan, so we were having fun with the Bills and Giants last night and truly an ugly, ugly NFL game on Sunday night football. I feel like outside of Miami, and Miami's got a loss, and it's a you know it's a it's a big loss or whatever. But they're five and zero on the season. I like I think Buffalo is a fine team. Uh, you know Mahomes. I think they'll get it together. You know the Eagles could easily have a couple losses. They lose to the lowly Jets. I don't know. It feels like you know San Francisco has injuries now with Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. You know so Purdy. You know he's limited. He's good, uh, but he's limited. I guess I feel like I feel like no one's great right now in the NFL. Is that a fair assumption that no one's great? And I think that's what makes for me the Anthony Richardson injury so frustrating is that there are so many wins to be had on the Colts schedule. And we knew that going into this season, and it seems magnified. And listen, I have a ton of respect for Cleveland's defense, but I don't know, KB. I'm looking around the NFL, and it's not that there's a bunch of 3-2 and two teams, 3-3 three and three teams. There is. I, I want to be clear with that, but I don't know. I mean, do you feel like, I guess, do you feel like the Detroit Lions, like I have a lot of respect for them. Do you feel like they're going to make a run to the Super Bowl right now? I mean, the Chiefs don't look like the super team. They'll probably get it. Philadelphia looks good. They don't look like they're cooking uh, like they were kind of cooking on offense. The AFC South is kind of a mess. Baltimore's good. I mean, Baltimore's fine, but they haven't been dominant at all. I mean, Baltimore hasn't been a dominant team whatsoever. Buffalo very well could have lost last night. Buffalo lost to the Jets, lost to Jacksonville. Didn't look good in that Jacksonville game a couple weeks ago. I guess there's no team. Maybe the Niners would have been this team. There's no team like humming along right now outside of Miami. To me, to me, I fear Miami, and I don't really fear all these other teams. I guess. Yeah, I mean, Miami certainly has the potency. That no other team has sniffed. You know, their ability to just, in the blink of an eye, 
Drop 40 Re- Remember, on you. they needed Jonathan Taylor. Remember <laughs> that before the season. They needed, you know, Mostert might be the best back in the NFL right now. But to the... The overall point, Andy, I just think part of this is life of the NFL. Yeah. I mean, this is a league that, you know, when you have a San Francisco team that's playing a great defense and Debo gets hurt and Christian McCaffrey gets hurt and, I mean, they still had a 41-yard field goal for the win. I mean, they easily could have won that game there. So I, I, I chalk some of it up just to NFL life with, with that. Again, Jags and Saints, by the way. That'll be Thursday night football tonight. It'll be Chargers and Cowboys to wrap up week five. Jags and Saints, Thursday night football. I'll take the under. And uh, we'll see about the health of Trevor Lawrence. I know that was a big, big topic for Doug Peterson. For those that weren't watching the end of the game, I totally understand, but Jacksonville trying to do the milk the clock, run your quarterback around, take a sack and kick a field goal, and kind of an awkward fall by Lawrence uh, he did not take the kneel downs for what it's worth at the end of the game. So, you know, that is an injury that if for some reason it is significant, which I don't think the early impressions are, uh, that would obviously uh, have some big-time impact on the AFC South. Um, let's get back into yesterday, Andy. Um, I thought Gardner Minshew was absolutely pitiful. Um, you know, he has not been that turnover-prone guy really throughout his career at all. So that's where I kind of go to the pitiful aspect of it. It's that... With him, you're used to just him hit, hit you know, a bunch of singles all day long. Move runners over. We're going to steal a base here. We're going to lay down a sacrifice bunt and all that. And all of a sudden, yesterday, he is just airmailing Michael Pittman, and he's got the three picks. And he could have, I mean, hell, he could have had five or six, yeah. uh, if we're being truly honest, um, about yesterday. And so, to me, that individually was the most disappointing. I've said this throughout the show. He looked so rattled to me. And that's not how he typically operates. I'm going to chalk yesterday up to a lot of Gardner Minshew having this game circled on his calendar and him not being ready for it. I I think the former team, they traded me away. I want to prove something to them. I think that was at play here because that was such an anomaly from Minshew. By no means do I think, you know, he deserves to be some, you know, starting quarterback in this league and he should be in there before Anthony Richardson at all. But just individually, something was off with him. And I'm trying to think, what was that? And I'm going to go there on it with him. Um, again, very, very poor. I didn't love how Shane Steichen really threw so much one-dimensional football at him, though. I thought with Jacksonville coming out of the London thing, um, I wanted to see body blows in the first half with your best duo. That would be Taylor and Moss. And what do those body bo- blows lead to in the third or fourth quarter? I could not believe at halftime of a game that was still very much in doubt that you had Gardner Minshew throwing it 25 times in the first half and Taylor and Moss combining for eight carries. I thought you just turned yourself into being like, oh yeah, Jacksonville, we'll be one-dimensional for you. You don't need to worry about us committing to the run game early on. We're not going to test you and where you're at stamina-wise in 80-degree heat coming off of back-to-back games in London where admittedly um, they were certainly feeling it last week from a normal kind of week-to-week preparation. So I didn't love that either. Uh, Too much on the right arm of Gardner Minshew, uh, especially early in that game. And I thought those were the biggest culprits, Andy. I will echo kind of what you've said uh, earlier. I I thought your front seven could have provided more playmaking considering Jacksonville was banged up. But for me, Minshew's turnovers, just inexcusable and totally set the tone. It did set the tone. It was just a frustrating day because you got off script, which means Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor, you're not seeing as much of them. You're seeing but too much you Gardner Minshew. But did you off script? No, you did. Yeah, no. You know what? Maybe you weren't off script. Maybe you were exactly on script. It's 
it's going to be interesting to see what Steichen says even today and what he does differently, if anything, against the Browns. It's almost like they said, hey, we're going to be like we understand the whole Jacksonville thing. We are and we understand what this game means to Minshew. We're going to be aggressive. And I guess by being aggressive, that means you have to throw the football. And they kind of got into that. And then you get 14-3 with the strip sack and ETN, you know, in five minutes, boom, you're done. It's 14-3. And then kind of, you know, you, you did an okay job to kind of have a couple times during the game to even get back in it. Like to me, and, and I don't know what percentage you feel here. I'm asking you and I'm asking Colts fans. The hope has to be, this is what I said in the seven o'clock hour. The hope has to be, KB, that, or Kevin, uh, I got a lot of that. Why the hell do you call him KB, Kevin? (laughs) I I just, Kevin, uh, what, is the virus contained to Sunday and Jacksonville? It has to be the hope. I I think it is, but. Let's not undersell the defense walking into Lucas Oil Stadium on Sunday. I, I mean, I, Cleveland's I, the best defense. They've in the allowed a thousand yards in five weeks. I mean, w- literally one thousand and two yards. And what they did to shut down—they had some help with injuries to the 49ers. Uh, I mean, right now, them and the Jets, bad offenses, iffy teams have great defenses carrying them right now. I, I you just have to hope, and I think this is going to be the confusing week for Colts fans. Is was what you saw yesterday going to be contained to the stink of being in Jacksonville? Who did uh, Tony Sprano? We had fun with because his son is on the staff and has done a good job with the with the offensive line. Was it Thursday or Friday? We had fun with his dad burying a football when he took over for the Raiders in like week like four or five. You know, it's like the decade ago. If you don't know, uh, Tony Sprano Sr., he buried a football. Maybe Steichen needs to bury. Maybe he and Minshew need to bury a football because Ursa needs if to it's, if down it, Jacksonville. You're damn right. If it's not contained, that's going to be a problem. You hope it's Jacksonville. You hope it's simply Steichen didn't you know didn't have a game plan that that was good enough that that utilized Moss and Jonathan Taylor you have to hope that that the defense at the line of scrimmage is going to be back once they get back into Lucas Oil. Just even, you know, this is a second game this season that Jacksonville's made a huge play on special teams, right? Against you. Yeah, against you. It's like, you know, I know it's not a huge deal, but it's a two-score game and you allow them a 55-yard Agnew again with a 55-yard return. All of the Minshew crap, all of the Steichen stuff at the beginning of the game, all the defense in the first half, just, just all of it you hope hope you can bury the football that you leave it there and that's not the team that you are and we know week you know week in week out in the NFL can be tricky but that's the hope and, and I sit here we're going to be doing shows the rest of today Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday KB I don't know what the answer to that question is I tend to think they will be yeah. a lot better and it can be contained but you know, Cleveland has the best defense in the NFL right now. Yeah, I, I think it is more of the anomaly, but what is the frustrating aspect to it, Andy, is, again, it's in Jacksonville again. And you had just played them week one, and really, I thought, were the better team oh, it was a one for score large game. chunks it was a one score game. of that game. I mean, you had a fourth yeah. quarter lead midway through uh, that 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 final period, and so much was different, I think, in almost a positive way leading into yesterday. The fact that, again, you had a Jonathan Taylor-Zach Moss duo compared to Deion Jackson, Jake Funk, and Evan Hall back in Week 1. And 
it, it's the second time this season, Andy, we've seen the Colts get pat on the back a lot exiting the game. You know, it was Baltimore mm-hmm. week three leading into the Rams. Mm-hmm. And then it was Tennessee last week leading into Jacksonville. And for a second time this season, the pats on the back lead to a very ugly first half performance. And it was, the Rams game, it was getting down 23 nothing. Yesterday, I guess it kind of bled more into the third quarter. It was, what, 31-6? Yeah, 31-6 there late in the third quarter. That is what the frustrating aspect is, is you're finally waiting for the Colts to react to positivity with more kind of, we're going to punch first. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like you punched them at all early on. They got to you. And that two-play sequence uh, Just was brutal. such a snowball. Just brutal. Of Jacksonville obviously scores on their opening drive at 7-3. And then boom, Bernard Ryman gets beat by Josh Allen. Uh, very rare play for Ryman. Of course, you have the strip sack. And then 22-yard wildcat play, Travis Etienne into the end zone. That was 14-3. And right away it was... I think fans universally said, here we go again. And then I thought Minshew just turned into panic mode. It, it was, he missed Pierce uh, on a potential deep ball on the very next drive. And then the interceptions were just awful. And, and to, for me, Andy, I'm focusing more on the first two. The last one to fourth down wasn't a great play. Don't want to absolve him for that. But those first two interceptions, both of them came in, in a two-score game. So at that point, you are possessing the ball with a chance to make it a one-score game. And if you do that, you know that, you know, it's going to be a little clinching of you-know-what. There's game pressure on, the, on Jacksonville. On the home sideline, without question. There's yeah. game pressure on them. And he airmails Pittman both times. One's on a second down. One's on a first down. One of them was a very clean pocket. I didn't feel like he was under siege on either of those plays. It's not like it was a third and 13, third and 15. And again, this is Minshew getting out of who he is. he What has made Minshew a nice high-end backup in this league, he knows who he is, and he is a methodical passer of the football. He doesn't try to force things. He stays away from catastrophic turnovers, and then all of a sudden, all hell broke loose yesterday, and he looked like why backup quarterbacks are so feared by their own teams uh, throughout the NFL because you get this crazy volatility with that, and... Again, I, I guess I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt and going to chalk it up to playing his former team, but he was awful yesterday. Awful. Uh, and, and one of the things that, and I think you feel this way, you've been a little snarky a couple times uh, referring to this, and I appreciate it. The narrative that was out there that the Colts needed to sit Anthony Richardson this season because Gardner Minshew uh, gives you a chance to, Ludicrous. Win, to win more games. Uh, how did that work out for yeah. those people yesterday? L- literally, someone <laughs> tweeted at me during the game, oh, and yeah. I could not agree with this more. They're like, I would rather have Anthony Richardson throwing left-handed and I know that was a a joke joke, right but they honestly are like right with that because at least you have a little bit of a run threat and again we've said or at least I've said limit not eliminate the running ability of Richardson whenever he does come back to play which is a whole nother topic but the fact that you don't have that threat in there it creates much more of a one-dimensional feel to it and then again I thought Shane Steichen threw up the white flag way too early and saying yeah we're not going to run it against your base personnel uh we're going to stay away from kind of our strength of Taylor and Moss 
And again, it's like, wait, don't the Colts have all these investments into their O-line? Like, why can't they dictate? Why can't they try to send the body blows early on and see where Jacksonville is in the third and fourth quarter? Instead, it was Jacksonville punching you, and you're on the ropes early on. Think about this. I think it was 11 of the first 16 plays in that opening drive that eventually was a field goal. They were passes, and then you said, what was it, 25 attempts at halftime for Minshew? Was that what it was? 25 pass attempts at halftime for Gardner And it would have been 26. He just got the fumble. He got the strip. So it would have been another one. They were going to throw, obviously, they were going to throw the football there. If Anthony Richardson plays and starts in that game, how many runs do you think they have? Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I feel is, like it's totally opposite, yeah, the numbers. It's, it's obviously much more of a balance with that, and I thought there were a couple short yardage plays we've touched on throughout the show of you just see what life is going to be like without Richardson and that no one has to account for Minshew, and I think that impacts the run game with that. Still, I just feel like a Taylor Moss duo. This is what you need to lean on now, and we'll see how long Alec Pierce is going to be out as he got hurt late in that game. That was really the only one. Granted, I think it's a notable injury just because you don't have a lot of depth. There's a reason why Pierce is playing virtually every snap here through the first five weeks of the season. Like, I don't know what you even do there. Yeah. You you have no one of his body structure to go on the outside like that. A couple guys on the practice squad, but yeah, body structure, no one. And and I just think overall – Andy, I kind of walk out of yesterday thinking just overall disappointment of this continues to be kind of how things are in the AFC South. And you continue to go down there and commit multiple turnover turnovers, losing the trenches. And this is the trend. And Jacksonville does not view you in any sort of light like you used to be in the AFC South. And, you know, I thought Shane Steichen understood the magnitude of Sunday pretty darn well. Judging by his reaction mm-hmm. Friday, you know, I asked him Friday, I, I know it's week six, Shane, but standing-wise, this is a huge one. Do you want your players to know that? And he made it very clear, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, they didn't shy away we, from we it. We want right. them to know how important this one is. And it should be important just based off two things. You lost the first matchup with them, and secondly, you haven't won there since 2014. If you want to separate the records of the two teams, it should matter a whole lot just based off that. And I thought Jacksonville, they looked like the team that had lost the opener. They looked like the team that hadn't beaten you in that stadium in nearly a decade. They didn't look like the team coming back from London. So uh, that, I think, is where this one frustrates you even more. It's the uncompetitive nature to it, considering you had all these great motivational tactics, and yet you certainly didn't look like a team that was utilizing any of them. Listen, I know we've talked about the first two interceptions, and they matter the most. I want to be clear. When it's 14-3, you just got the big play to Jonathan Taylor, uh, and again, you have a chance to settle the game, right? Even if it's a field goal. late first half, maybe 14-6 at half. You know, if it's 14-6, you have a chance to at least settle the game, and hell, you go in, you make it 14-10, now you got a game, and now now things are totally settled down. Now if you want to settle into running the football more, your defense has got a chance to kind of, you know, take a breath and say, we haven't played well and we are right here. You get Minshew some confidence in a big game and everything else. He throws that pick and then the third quarter one after uh, you had just got a three and out and you just got a first down yourself uh, to throw that pick there. Both of them airmailed uh, to me. The two plays like and so those are bad and those matter the most. I want to be clear. But just to show how bad Minshew was yesterday, the one-handed catch by Pierce. 
Boy, that was a hell of a grab. I, I mean, yeah, he's wide. He's also wide open, KB. Left-handed. There's also nobody around him. There's yeah. no within 10 yards of him. I mean, this is an easy little crosser, and it was like birthing a baby. You're trying to get a third and <laughs> hey, short. Now. Okay? And you're trying to get a damn Do we third- need Nikki on the phone line to <laughs> By the way, act like if that is a th- correct analogy? Th- this was the week that... Uh, this was the week. This is where, Mason's due date. Th- this was the due date week. Yeah, today it was the sixth. Isn't that crazy? To week, think about? Well, it is a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. I have that on my calendar. It was either today the sixteenth or we had the nineteenth as well. So there might have been a chance. You know, you had, you know, me gone and Mark Dykton gone. Sam Fritz and I on the ones <laughs> and twos. Just be him. Sam Fritz playing. You know, talking. I don't know what Sam Fritz talks about. Phillies baseball. I don't go, know. Go Colts, everybody. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the the two plays. Just how just how shook Minshew was, if you want to use that word. Yeah, the Alec, shook, the, yeah. Alec mm-hmm. the Alec Pierce, that where he has to make like an Odell Beckham catch, okay? That was one, and then it just, I know I know you don't agree with me on this one. It just, it graded me, it's at the end of the game, and you drive down there, and I know it's 31-13 with like seven and a half to go. I know you're not going to come back. I totally get it. And I know it's a fourth down. But again, it's a clean pocket. And Minchu is doing this thing where he's fading away like he's shooting a damn jump shot. Yeah, he looked like Dirk. Yeah, he's, they, yeah that's ex- you know what? That's exactly what he looked like. Dirk Nowitzki fading away. And you have one-on-one coverage, man. Like, like let Pittman have a chance at that ball. Maybe you even get a holding, illegal hands. You get a pass interference. You get something. And again, it doesn't matter. It's 31-20 at that point if you could score there with seven minutes to go. And again, maybe, just maybe, there's a little bit of game pressure on Jacksonville that if they go three and out, you get not bad field position. And you have a little bit of confidence right when that, that's the thing that kills you. You were you know blown out in this game. It's a 37-20 game. But there are two or three chances you had to be kind of right there to make them feel pressure and to give yourself a lift and to give yourself some confidence and to say, okay, defense, get us a three and out, and let's get the ball back with five minutes to go down eleven. And now we can go down and Matt Gay needs to hit a 52-yard field goal. Now it's a one-possession game with Two and a half minutes to go, and we have a couple timeouts in the two-minute warning, and we make Jacksonville have to get a couple first downs. Just, just make Jacksonville play, make Trevor Lawrence play with a bit, a, a little bit of game pressure, and they never did that. And nothing epitomized Gardner Minshew's blah game than than thirty-one thirteen, and you have you have man coverage, and you have a you have a beast of a wide receiver, a physical wide receiver, and you throw the ball four yards short to where a DB just kind of catches it and lays down and everyone's just like, okay, well, that fizzled out pretty damn quick. I don't know. It just That one bothered me more than you, but it just bothered me for yeah. some reason. And, and, and it got to be better there. Come on. I get the frustration. And it's fourth down. I get it. With that play, I chalk it up to a little bit more desperation mode, whereas the first two interceptions for me, Andy, they weren't in those. Like first well, they and set second, everything. Yes. First and second yeah, downs of a two-score game. Yeah. If you don't, If you just eat it there and you just live to see another down, especially the first interception, you're trotting Matt Gay out there. Matt Gay's proven to obviously be a very good field goal kicker. And it is 14-6, and now you've weathered the storm. And, and I just thought you had moments to weather it and to kind of get yourself into it. And Minshew just incredibly costly. And, and Andy, he was very fortunate only to be picked off three times. I mean, Devin Lloyd, if Devin Lloyd's not wearing a cast, he at sure. least makes one more interception. So, I mean, yeah, you could add five or six. And, you know, after that 9-of-9 nine nine start, 
uh, if my math is correct, 54% the rest of the way. I mean, 54% for a guy that, you know, is much more of a dink and dunk guy. I know he threw a couple more balls down the field yesterday than he normally does. Uh, not good at all. All right. Um, we are going to get to our fan tweets of the game and our goats from the weekend. We'll do that here to close things out. Uh, bl- Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Before we get to all of that, let's do a morning checkdown. The morning checkdown. On 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. All right, I'm going to go off the board here. I'm going to go off the board. And I'm going to start with this to hell with it on a morning checkdown. Did you see that uh, there's going to be the there's a proposal out there to include five new sports in the Olympics? Did you Did see I this? See flag football. Flag football is going to be one of those. <laughs> Let's go. Now, are we going to have a bunch of un- unknown guys? Or are we going to have, like, you know, you know, like NFL guys oh, or, like, good college Key players? Hate me playing for yeah. the flag football team. Like, is Jack US. Tuttle going to be on the Johnny team? Johnny Manziel will be the quarterback. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Is it just going to be random guys named Bob? Or are we going to have, like, NFL That'll be the next Carson Wentz experience. Will be that? Oh, I know. I was like, can we, not, can we not just he get, He lives like, in the area. You might hear me bash him. I don't want to do can that. Can we not just get, like, baseball back into things? Uh, all right, we. <laughs> Six here. It is back, by the way. That baseball is, is back. Ba- ba- baseball, softball, cricket, flag football, lacrosse, and something by the name of squash. Oh wow! <laughs> well, I guess it kind of makes sense on several of those sports. Uh, yeah, the others, I, I, I'm not uh, too sure about that. All right, week six in the NFL again. The last two undefeateds, they both lose, and they both lose to backup quarterbacks. Uh, you had the Jets over the Eagles yesterday, and then the Browns on a 41-yard miss field goal there by Jake Oof. Moody at the buzzer goes wide right. Uh, the 49ers lose their first game of the season. A couple of other things to note, AFC Southwise, the Ravens over the Titans in London. How about the Texans? Three, mm-hmm. They won three of four now. They beat the Saints, and Mark Dykton is dealing with a quarterback injury. We await the MRI on a dislocated thumb, on, I believe on his throwing hand mm-hmm. for Justin Fields. He couldn't grip the football. Uh, Debo got hurt. Christian McCaffrey got hurt. And Jimmy G went to the hospital with a back injury. Ugh. And tonight, Jimmy Cowboys G. and Chargers. You're going where on that one? Uh, I'm going Dallas Moneyline. I'm chasing. I was 2-4 and four this weekend. Thank you to the Houston Texans, plus 1.5. Uh, but that's where I'm going this weekend. Disastrous sports betting weekend for your boy here. Uh, all right, college football from the weekend. Uh, hopefully you did not bet Indiana. Well, hopefully you didn't bet any of the things that you said you were going to bet from a state standpoint because Notre Dame was the only one that covered here locally. That was an absolute go. dominant performance by the Irish against the Heisman Trophy winner. Caleb Williams looked, I mean, he looked like Gardner Minshew. Uh, sacked six times, picked off three. Notre Dame's defense did all the heavy lifting. Xavier Watts, their safety, was outstanding in that one. Much needed for Marcus Freeman as Notre Dame. Heads into a bye week. And IU and Purdue, IU was up 7 nothing at the end of the first quarter, and yet they did not cover 33.5, and really they didn't come close to covering. Again, Jack Tuttle was 5-5. Five of five. I did not know that Jack Tuttle was on Michigan. Yeah, Jack Tuttle threw a touchdown. I don't know why I knew. 52-7. to seven. Were you watching at that point? Uh, no, I had a buddy text me who's an Indiana fan but also has fun that they stink at football and says Jack Tuttle just threw a touchdown. I said, thank you. I'm going to add that to my sheet for Monday morning to bring up at some point on the show. And just as terrible, maybe even a little bit more, would be Purdue. Uh, They were 
20 and a half, 19 and a half point underdog. Ohio State with an easy cover of that one. Uh, was it 41 7? Was that the final? Yeah, 41 7. Yeah, they just um, going to the fourth quarter. So yeah, Purdue heads into their bye week. Not a good start for Ryan Wolf. Uh, just quickly in baseball, Rangers 2-0 over the Astros last night. That's game one of the ALCS. That game two back in Houston this afternoon at 437. You can catch that one on Fox. Again, Astros, Rangers, game two. Astros money line minus 125 KB. That over under at eight and a half. And then Phillies Diamondbacks is your eight o'clock uh, game tonight that will be going up against Monday night football. Uh, Pacers, their preseason home opener tonight. So if uh, you're looking to catch the Pacers, Monday and Friday, 6.30, our coverage begins. They've got the Hawks here. Uh, Rick Carlisle uh, supposed to join the show tomorrow around 8 o'clock, so looking forward to talking. The Pacers head coach about their third preseason game coming up tonight. All right, on the other side, let's get to our fan tweets of the game. We asked for your reaction right after the final gun yesterday. We'll get those to you. Coming up on the other side, it is the wake-up call with KB and Andy right here on 93.5-1075 The Fan. All right, we'll give you the headlines here uh, in just a second. Eddie Garrison was in here. What do you guys got popping on the uh, the podcast today? What's, yeah, what's we'll, going on with you fellas? Dive a little deeper into the reaction from yesterday. Eddie brought up a point that I don't think too many people have mentioned. I, it certainly crossed my mind when it happened during the game. Shane Steichen foregoing a field goal when they were down three scores. Spiro Ditas, of course, beyond oblivious, had no idea what was going on there in that situation, uh, elected to go for it. Was that the Pittman interception, by the way? Oh, yeah, it was a Pittman interception. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So, again, uh, just to rehash that, that would be 31-13, to a fourth and five from the Jacksonville 15-yard line with 11 minutes to go. Were you in the boat of clamoring for a field goal to cut it to uh, 15 there? Cut yeah, it to two scores? Listen, I think it's fair. I mean, the only thing I would say is, remember week one, it was a 10-point game against Jacksonville. He decided not to kick it there, and he was so close that he decided, and that was the that was the rationale. Well, we're down to, what was it, like the two-yard line or whatever. It's like, well, we're going to need we're gonna need a touchdown and a field goal. Are we ever going to be this close again right. to get a touchdown? Yeah, Richardson got hurt. Yeah, and then you know Richardson was hurt and everything. So, like, then I, I said, I kind of gave in on that discussion because I'm like, okay, you were at the two yard line. I get it. No, it's it's fair, and and, and I wonder. No, it's fair. I'll say that. That's what I'll say. It's absolute fair. Maybe not criticism, but questioning there because of the circumstance. And what's the circumstance? 11-13 on the clock. That's the circumstance. Yeah, and again, the Colts actually scored pretty quickly on their next drive. Kylan Granson had that big forty yarder. Uh, back-to-back big plays to Granson there. And so, you know, at one point there before the Agnew kickoff return, Andy, you had had it to down 11. You know, could you have been down eight at that point? You know, again, I didn't have as big of an issue with it at the time. It, it certainly was something I was like, well, shouldn't he kick a field goal here? But I totally understand the, we have not moved it very well all day. We're on Jacksonville's 15-yard line. We're going to need two touchdowns at some point. This is our best chance to get a touchdown now. It's not like it was a... Fourth and 15 from the 32-yard line. This is a fourth and five from the 15. Obviously, did not work out in that case. All right, let's go to our uh, fan uh, post-game headline. So, again, in five words or less, your immediate reaction to yesterday. Some outstanding ones per usual. Let's start with maybe my favorite one from Steve, okay? Steve just gives us two words. <laughs> Minch, M-I-N-S-H. 
E-W. E-W, yeah. How great is that? Sometimes you don't need five words, right? Sometimes Beautiful. you don't. That's just seven letters. That's easy. Five, then two. That's Lynch. easy. Ooh. Come on, come yeah. on, come on, Indy Star. What was the Indy Stars? Uh, I know, they need to hire Steve. They need to hire that guy. That's fantastic. Uh, Bill says, from hope to yeah. despair. That is good. Every <laughs> I, time they showed Richardson, that was kind of my thought. Yeah, and can I say this? This is this, this is not be mean, me being mean, although it's going to sound that way. I can't imagine caring about anything less than how many autographs uh, Richardson signed pregame. Part of me is like, dude, I, I just don't care. It, well, it makes well, it sadder. Okay, I, yeah, that <laughs> I don't and care. I'm like, I just don't care. You know, I saw him do the birthday thing where he surprised a fan for their birthday yeah. last week. I'm like, ah, oh, Anthony, you were he's I too know. nice. I know. I mean, like, just just rest the arm, rest the shoulder. <laughs> These crazy fans are gonna try to take your right arm off. Tony Footlong says it's almost Jeff Saturday time. Oh boy, let's not go there. <laughs> I love this one from J Law. Three and three on the year. J Law said, uh, or actually just threw out the gift, the uh, Bradley Cooper fill from The Hangover. It happened again. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, in reference to the Colts oh, in Jacksonville man. again. And of course, Phil in The Hangover calling. Is this the one? Oh, what's his uh, name's wife? Minch PU. Well, that that's was another, another one. one. Yeah, that's another one. Minch PU. Yeah, Eric, career backup for a reason. Well. Aaron, Jags, Maul, Minshew, and Colts. And another one here from a different Eric. This was also up there for one of my favorites. Anthony Richardson, Southpaw. Kravitz prediction still alive. <laughs> he had three wins for him. Yeah, he had him. Listen, they better win at least one more game to prove Kravitz wrong. Yeah, Anthony Richardson, Southpaw. I, That's pretty good. Yeah, I got a few of the left-handed comments from Richardson, and I'm like, I don't think these are that far off. I I would much rather watch that. Frankie says, all I know is pain. (laughs) Very good from our fan reaction there. Again, we do those post-game headlines. Mark sends out a tweet. And uh, we share our favorites he, here on Monday. Did he send the tweet out this he time? He did. Yeah, so yeah, did he, yeah. do we know if he drove? I assume he drove instead of buying five plane tickets to Florida. I he assume. drove. I texted him. Okay. Uh, let me uh, let me pull up the conversation. I texted him yesterday. Is he leave in the morning guy or is he a leave in the middle of the night and kind of drive through the night and then when you get there, the kids have been able to sleep and everything? He goes, um, yeah, just recharging the batteries after that long drive now. Okay. I, okay. Asked, him, I asked him if he was feeling better. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, boy, can you imagine? You Three under six in Disney, you need a vacation for yourself after that. Oh, that's not a vacation. Who were we telling last week? Was it young Elijah who was sitting in here? I was like, Elijah, that is not a vacation. What Mark Dighton's going through right now is not a vacation. It is for some people there, but it's not for him, nor his wife. Uh, One item that I know Andy hit on and I think deserves a little bit of mention as well – you know, we talk about evaluating positions, players on this Colts team here in 2023, and obviously some things get skewed at quarterback with Richardson's injury situation, the fact that he is a rookie, et cetera, et cetera. One group that I think deserves critical examination throughout the year is that Colts defensive line unit because you do have so much invested in it with draft picks and money. And Andy, I don't want to act like they are atop the list for reason why you lost by any means yesterday. But I did expect more out of that group yesterday. I, I thought your front seven was way too quiet. Jacksonville is, does not have a good offensive line. They were down. Uh, they're starting left guard and Walker Little. Brandon Sheriff left the mm-hmm. game. Their other guard 
um, you know, kind of like the midway point, maybe even more like in the second quarter there. And I just would have liked to have seen a little bit more playmaking from that unit. Buckner had the one sack early on. You had a little bit of pressure late. But I thought when the game was in doubt early on, Jacksonville got great balance. They ran it. They threw it. They could do whatever they wanted. Um, they had, you, they, they had like. you on your heels the entire first half nearly. Yeah, that and, is and how I, just, I felt about I it. I mean, sure, you were put in an awful position after that strip sack, but you know you still allowed two pretty long touchdown drives in that first half. Um, and, and I thought that group did not play to the level that I expected them to. Here's DeForest Buckner post game on the slow start with the defense. Yeah, I mean, just nothing to explain. I mean, they got after it early, and um, you know, obviously, we just had too many mental errors early on, including myself. You know, that that third and third and five. Um, you know, I, I jumped off sides. You know, created. You know, obviously, a new set of downs for him, and you know, obviously, just. I mean, it just little things like that. You can't you can't accumulate things like that, especially in a big game. And um, you know, we we got down early. Yeah, credit to Buckner for bringing that up, Andy. Him and Dio Dangbo mm-hmm. both going off sides on that opening drive. This kind of gets back to my you know overall point to start the show. Of I didn't feel like you matched the moment. Like I didn't feel like you were the team that viewed this in the magnitude and the light that it needed to be viewed. This was a massive, massive mid October game for the rest of the season, for AFC South implications, for the overall history of this series in in Jacksonville. Obviously what happened in week one and you're just a couple offsides. I mean well the Buckner, the Buckner one was on a third it, and five. It, it was a, yeah it was a third it was a third and four at the forty two yard line. So now they had already went for it on fourth down earlier, and that was a fourth and one. But you wonder there if they don't get anything, it would have been it would have been fourth and four at the Indy forty two. At that point, does Doug Peterson? He would probably go for it, knowing Doug Peterson. But third and four or fourth and four is different than fourth and one. Yeah. And it's just little things like that. Dio Dangbo two plays later with his own offsides penalty, where, um, yeah. It, a team that you know received a lot of praise last week. How do they react to that? I didn't feel like um, they were ready for what Sunday meant, and all facets. I mean, certainly some bigger than others. Gardner Minshew, and then again, I think a little bit of Shane Steichen as well. Uh, but still, you had issues in all facets yesterday. All right, to end the show, we will hand out our goats of the weekend, good and bad. We'll do that one final time. It's a wake up call with KB and Andy, Sam Fritz, in for Mark Dykes. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, we're going to get into our goats here in just a second. Good and bad. It's okay to promote, right? We're supposed to have Rick Carlisle joining the show tomorrow at 8 o'clock, right? Yes, sir. Little Ricky C going to join us. Uh, Pacers in action tonight and then in action on Friday. I was going to ask you this. In-law is going to be in town. Is it worth taking uh, the father-in-law down there on Friday, or is it like last preseason game in the NBA, everybody sits? Oh, no. Well, first off, I just think the venue is awesome. I I think the plaza next door is worth seeing. I assume your father-in-law law has not been to Cambridge Oh, uh, he doesn't care at all about no you know he, he has not been there nor does he have any idea the ins and outs of the Indiana Pacers this right season, well so. again I, I just think the overall experience I think it's a really cool venue um and if it's a nice night that even kind of adds to it on Friday so I believe and we'll see I think it sounds like Tyrese Halliburton there. is going to play tonight I uh, didn't play in the first two games again, sure. coming off the FIBA World Cup so uh, to answer your question I don't think NBA teams view final preseason game 
play all the G Leaguers. <laughs> like the NFL does. Right. Like Oscar Sheebway is going to play every. Yeah, he's going to play 44 thir- minutes. He's going to yeah. play 38 uh-huh. minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. Certainly monitor things as the week moves along. But for those going out there tonight, it does sound like at least Tyrus Halliburton would like to play. Uh, this in from Ian Rapport for those that were watching the game. Uh, late on Sunday, Trevor Lawrence, MRI on his knee, currently described as day-to-day. Ooh. The belief is no major injury for Lawrence. That was a scary one. Uh, I don't. I didn't think he did finish the game. I thought C.J. Beathard. No, Beathard those. came in and took uh, because yeah, Beathard uh, has minus two yards rushing. Yeah, Beathard's t- the one that the got to lay down right? at the end. Uh, but they play on Thursday, Jacksonville and New Orleans. Now, now does so. Minshew and C.J. Beathard shake hands after the game? <laughs> Again, I. I <laughs> I say this with all seriousness. Gardner Minshew looked like a dude just frazzled, rattled by playing his former team. Yeah, and, and I don't know. Maybe I, I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm putting too much stock into that, but we are not used to that from Minshew at all, and we certainly saw a different side of him yesterday. All right, let's uh, round things out with our goats of the weekend. I'm supposed to be going first. Well, I, well I, do, do we have? Do you have oh, the sorry, open the audio? My bad. We have our beautiful goat sounds. There here. we go. Now, I, I got to go back to the wee hours of Saturday morning, and I'll be honest, I, I threw in the towel, didn't even give Colorado and Stanford no. a chance. No. Uh, Rosie Bone fighting a little bit of a cough, and so she woke me up, I would say like 11, for some reason I'm guessing like it was 11.45. All of a sudden I roll over, check the phone, halftime, 19, no, <laughs> was it 19, or was it 29 nothing? I thought it was 28 or 29 nothing 29 nothing Colorado over Stanford. I'm like, man. Colorado again and Stanford just still stinks and then I check it again at about 145 and I thought I was seeing things I thought I I was like what in the world is going on Dion and Colorado blow it I mean if you're gonna run your mouth like that you better back it up and you certainly better not blow 29 point halftime leads at home to Stanford that is exactly what Colorado did on Friday night and Andy if you look at their schedule Oh, I know. Them making a bowl game is no guarantee. No, they had to win that one. I mean, they're even up like 28 to 6, and they allow a 99 yard touchdown like the other way. Like, you can't, like, you can't do any of those things. No, I just, the problem that you have with Dion is Dion, everyone's like making excuses. Wow, you know, he needs to recruit. Like, no, Dion said he, he brought his luggage and they were ready to go. Like, literally, the whole thing the first couple weeks of the season was, and especially the TCU game, we've arrived. I mean, those were his words. Yeah, again, so it, anyone it, bashing Dion, those were his words yeah. that he said at the beginning of the season. Yes, they did win one game last year, but if you're going to do what he has done verbally yeah. and through actions, I think making a bowl a game is the bare minimum. And then there was like there was like the guy. He, I don't know if he looked like Sam or not, but there was like a, the guy like crying at the game, his girlfriend consoling him. Like, dude, how much of a loser are you? No, oh, I love that. I mean, it's. I mean, this is not without those people, we don't is, have a job. Yeah, but this is not. This is not. You're contending for the national title. And you've lost a heartbreaker to your opponent, you know, in November, and you've lost everything on that game. It's not that. It's a middle of the year Colorado game where you're going to be like a seven win team. What's your lowercase anyway, goat from the weekend? I, I mean, it's got to be Brian Dable. Just, I, I mean, you could not flub an end of a game, an end of a half. I anymore. felt for you last night watching that. No, you don't have to feel. I, I want them to get Drake May or Caleb Williams. I'm done with this season. They can all just, they can all go. But I mean, he that was as bad of a coaching performance. Like if he were like in year three or four and he were struggling, 
he would be fired. That's how bad that performance was. Fired? Didn't they just make the playoffs no, last I'm, year? No, I'm saying if this were like year four. Got it, got it. And, and like that would be something where an owner would say, okay, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, can I homer it for my all yeah, caps? Yeah, go ahead. Goat? Can yeah, I go, go in ahead. South Bend? Come yeah, on You now. should. You should. Listen, you got Making the big the win. Trophy winner look like that. Al Golden, defensive coordinator. Does a, he wear a tie? <laughs> he does in Miami. But does no. he wear a tie at Notre Dame? <laughs> Thankfully, he does not. Okay. Uh, a major, major <laughs> hat tip to him, Xavier Watts. Uh, an incredible performance at safety. They sat Caleb Williams six, t- six times. Good for them. They pick him off three other times. A fumble return for a touchdown in that game. Dominant, dominant by Notre Dame. It's funny. I remember watching last year's game at USC. And, Andy, I remember walking away just being like, oh, my God. I swear there were 13 times in the game that I felt like Notre Dame had him wrapped up. Yeah. And he escaped. So it was one of those weird feelings of, like, Notre Dame lost by two scores in that game. But I didn't. Fe- I I was so mad because I felt like they had chances, and I'm like, is Caleb Williams like that that good? And every time I watch him, I'm thinking he is just a human joystick video game. Mahomes outside the pocket. I'm like, sooner or later, isn't that going to catch up to him? Sure enough, caught up to him on Saturday night. So, uh, just a major, major, much needed performance by the Irish. Uh, okay, my my uppercase, I guess, is going to be the Jets' defense. They've had Pat Mahomes, uh, they've had Josh Allen come in there, and now Jalen Hurts, and they've they've kept that team afloat. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Jets' defense. They conveniently uh, conveniently forgot about a 30 spot landed on them by the Cowboys, but regardless, I went with the Jets' defense. Maybe the Browns' defense as well. A couple over, bad teams. Over under half game, Aaron Rodgers plays this season. Under. Under. Rick Carlisle, 8 o'clock tomorrow. We'll talk to you.